We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. It's Wednesday, 9 o'clock on the East Coast. You know what time it is. It's the NFL Pick 6 Show, week number 7. Rich Rebar, Sharp Football Analysis, John Daigle, 4 for 4. Uh, man, the season long, guys, they warned us. I, I've seen this pop up on my Twitter several times. Uh, you're, you're not going to like week 7. You're not going to like it. Like, how bad could it be? It's bad. It's it's pretty rough. It's, it's not great, Jakes. Uh, six teams on by Carolina, Cincinnati, Dallas, Houston, the Jets, the Titans. A 10-game main slate. God forbid we get Miami and Philadelphia in the main slate. Unfortunately, it's not happening. That's actually the game of the week, most watchable game that's on a Sunday night. We have a 10-gamer where the biggest total on the board, John, is uh, it's it's uh, you know the Chargers at Kansas City. That line's already uh, went down a point. It's now down to 47.5. It is our job to put uh, the old lipstick on a pig as far as this, this slate. Are we excited, Dago? How do we feel about week seven? One total in this entire slate has increased since it's initially open. And we're not even talking about the Steelers and Rams and the primary three games, because I wouldn't even know where to start with the Steelers side. So we'll wait till positional plays talk about that. Otherwise it's ugly, but fun. I haven't yet whittled down. Like if it's optimal to spend up at quarterback or maybe just because of 2023 professional football, always spin down at quarterback to take down tournaments. We saw Desmond Ritter and Drake London get there for everyone. Whether you played on FanDuel or DraftKings last week, I even had a, a listener reach out to me because he took down the entire single entry series uh, with a Desmond Ritter double stack on FanDuel last week, Drake London and Kyle Pitts, just because it was so cheap to do that and then fit in all the Dolphins players with your Adam Thielen, Chua, the Hubbard runback. So 
We'll see. A lot of discuss on this slate, except for running backs. I'm hoping y'all can point me in the right direction for that. <laughs> can we find a running back for the Rams that's available to no. play? It's going to be a fun conversation to have for sure. Uh, Rich, your thoughts, uh, overview as far as week seven? It's, um, you know, there will be football and, you know, there's DFS. We're all playing with the same puzzle pieces, right? We right. can say that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, who knows? You know, week one, we were in the same boat that happened last week where basically every game went under except for two and, you know, week two ended up bouncing back and there were points scored. So maybe that happens here. It objectively doesn't look great on paper, but you know, Hey, maybe we'll luck box into some things. I mean, overall the season has just been kind of like that. We, we talked about it a little bit on the last show. I wrote about it over the summer. Uh, we're seeing, you know, the teams are combined to score just 43.4 points per game in the NFL. It's the largest margin, average, largest, uh, blah, blah, blah. The, the largest average margin of victory that we've seen in the NFL game since 2014. Underdogs are covering at their lowest rate. So it's like not even fun. Like just like, <laughs> they're like the, the favorites are just waxing like bad teams. So like, I mean, it's not a, it, the product isn't very good, man. Like, you know, it's not very good right now. So we're going to try our best, man. But there will be points scored. even No matter how little amount of points are scored this week, how few. Uh, someone's going to have more than someone else for DFS. <laughs> Hopefully you you're on top. Speaking of uh, scoring points DFS-wise, do you want to give a shout-out to our Week 6 Listener League winner? That is J.D. Shock. J.D. Shock took that down. Uh, J.D., get in contact. I assume your name is J.D. It would be weird if it wasn't, but either way. Uh, get in contact with me uh, via the Twitter. Uh, you know, DM me at DFS uh, underscore Almanac, or you know, let us know in the comment section here on uh, the old YouTube. Speaking of that, I'm just going to go ahead and drop the uh, the link to this week's Listener League contest. Five bucks to jump in, standard contest. But we, of course, we we sweetened the pot to get to one week free. No, no, one month free. A month free of Roto-Grinders Premium. And that's not just football. That's not just NFL. That includes college. That includes NBA, which is right around the corner. All the sports, any sport you can think of. The projections, the ownership stuff. Uh, the optimizer, all the bells, all the whistles, everything with the exception of NASCAR. That's all the cards. But yeah, jump in there. It's a hundred person tournament. So, and like the five of us that partake, including producers and everybody else, we jump in there as well. So you have a you know pretty good shot to get yourself a month free because we're not eligible to win. Uh, anything else to say? But by the way, uh, shout out to producer Rob. Speaking of the additional, you know, friends of the show, he took down the contest last week and. He's already given us our movie. We'll discuss the movie later on in the show. And some of us are not happy about it. Rich, you're the one that said that, well, let's let Rob choose, right? Why not? What's How bad can he be? He only recommended the worst movie in the history of Twitter. And I, I think it was to John specifically, if I'm not mistaken. It was pretty bad. I hope you didn't watch it. Uh, and, he, you know, like Friday the 13th last week. But uh, one of the 10. But uh, yeah, we watched watch Street Fighter on this show. We watched uh, what was it, uh, American Animals? I, I, I don't know. I, our bar of actually watching good movies is pretty low. We we need to <laughs> inject some fun though into it. Like Rich yeah. and I, Rich and I get like two or three windows, not even nights, but windows per week to do oh, something yeah. enjoyable that does not relate to football, like. I, I like don't get me we'll talk about calibre or calibre however you pronounce it later but like we need something fun dean i need to inject something back into this nfl season to like keep my spirits lifted i was gonna recommend uh dewey cox which is so which is certainly a lot of fun i'm not sure if you guys have seen that or not yeah, i think should. i need a comedy in my life right now to be honest 
But uh, it wasn't streaming anywhere, and I didn't want to like charge oh, anybody yeah, yeah, five yeah. bucks. So I'm like, yeah. And then I went the complete other direction. And let's see, what's more depressing than the last one you recommended? Okay, I got it. <laughs> we'll talk about Caliber later on in the show. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I mean, I actually am sorry. To, after all of Dean's choices, I feel like, like, I'm, I feel like you might be having a cry for help, Dean. Like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell if, like, you just keep nudging us further down the rabbit hole. Where I'm like, man, do I need to reach out to Dean and see how he's doing? <laughs> you know, the movie I was going to pick for this week until I realized that, oh, wait, it's Rob's, Rob's choice to pick. I was going to pick Whiplash. I don't know if you guys have seen Whiplash yeah. or not, but you should. I love Whiplash. Okay. Again, not a again not not necessarily an uplifting film, but a really good one, I think. John, it sounds like you like it. Yeah. Oh, I, I love Whiplash. People? Yeah. That that came out the same year as we've talked about how much I love uh, Birdman on this show. And they were both up for best film at the Oscars that year as well. Yeah, the Birdman take is I, I thought it looked incredible and like the way it was shot. Like in you know, it wasn't all one shot, but like it kind of sort of was, or at least it was pieced together that way. But as far as the story, we'll we'll discuss Birdman another time for sure. But uh shout out to Michael Keaton. Hey, uh let's dive in as far as week seven. Uh John, you were tasked with uh, picking our three key games. Thank you for doing so because I don't think anybody else wanted to do that. And then of course we run it back after after that and pick our favorite players position by position with the seven remaining terrible games. But uh, all right, John, very first game on the board, Detroit. The Lions, the Lions are good. The Lions are playing at Baltimore. 42 and a half is the total start wherever you want to start here, John. I'm hoping this game is fun. One of the ones I will watch and see where the market goes by Sunday morning, because right now conditions are expected to be sloppy out in Baltimore. But if it turns out to be favorable, I think it could be fun for both sides. It's actually a rematch from a couple years ago when the Lions held the Ravens to 17 points and Aaron Glenn took interviews throughout the week explaining how to stop Lamar Jackson because the <laughs> Ravens opened up the first two games as like one of the league's most explosive offenses in 2021. And then no one mentioned throughout those interviews that Marquise Brown dropped two 50-yard touchdowns. Like, Eric Glenn didn't do anything. Marquis Brown just dropped the ball, and that's why they couldn't score. But the Lions so far have created chaos on defense. They do have a better defense, but this is also their first real test since they allowed 37 points in overtime against Geno Smith and the Seahawks. Because over the last month, they've played Desmond Ritter, Jordan Love, Bryce Young, and Baker Mayfield. And more so, the way this defense has operated this year, which is opposite of last season, it favors Lamar Jackson because so far the Lions have schemed the fourth highest rate of zone coverage in the league. And Lamar against zone this year has averaged a 71% completion rate for 8.7 yards per attempt. I have no idea, again, if it makes sense to pay up for quarterback in this era of DFS. But if this game like suddenly projects to be juicy, I do think there is uh, Lamar waiting here. And his stacking partners are pretty simple since... Zay Flowers, 25% of the team's targets, and Mark Andrews, 23% since week two whenever Andrews got healthy again. So, you know, when you're always asking about tight end and saying, well, whatever the optimizer says on a Wednesday night, that's what we're going to play with our tight end carousel. They said Kyle uh, Pitts last week, baby. Uh, locked it's, in, it's, locked yeah. in. Dalton Schultz and Kyle Pitts, the optimizer is just Listen, nailing it right I now. Just, just guide me there, North Star. It's been smashing so far, yeah, in a small sample. But uh, Andrews, pay, paying up for Andrews this week is hitting uh, Wednesday night, really? right? 52%. Here's of, my uh, question, though, right now with optimals. Yeah. How many are giving you Zach Evans? 
Zach Evans is getting hit in optimals, and that's probably yeah. not going to work out. Yeah, and that, that's what I think is a big problem for optimals at this stage of the week. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, it's the <laughs> grain of salt, that kind of thing, right? We we'll talk, talk about Zach about Evans, I'm sure, but uh, I way, can tell you what. My, I could uh, on Wednesday at nine Eastern, I'm leaning towards playing zero Zach Evans. I uh, I just I just realized the very first optimal has two tight ends, not just Mark Andrews, oh, great. but. Luke. Luke Musgrave as well. So get excited. We know Luke, when you got that Zach Evans money to spend. And and we haven't even touched on Michael Mayer yet. Maybe it's an exciting tight end week. What a fun oh. week. Week seven. It well, was I finally uh, realized what, two, it, two weeks ago we had the comeback of tight ends when everyone was good. And then all of the guys, except for Pitts got there again, but Kittle like had one catch. Uh then Dallas Goddard. He was Dallas Goddard was okay. I think he had like four for fifty, right? So like, but, but Kittle was perfect. Three touchdowns followed by one catch for five yards. Amazing. Absolutely perfect Kittle. Just ridiculous. The Kittle yeah. coaster. The Raiders did unleash Mayer, and we'll see how that goes down. Uh, he's he's really, really cheap. He's actually 2-7 against the mm-hmm. Bears. I don't, I, don't, I don't hate that. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting week, as it, it always is. <laughs> he's going to be in others, uh, you know, others receiving votes when it comes to tight ends later on in the show, I suppose. And I was going to say uh, Zay Jones, not, not just Andrews. But Zay Jones is getting, um, I'm sorry, Zay Flowers. Zay Flowers is hitting 54% of optimals. He's the number one receiver right now on DK at 5'7". It feels like they, you know, they've risen his price a bit, but it feels like it's just not quite enough. Uh, I, would you say, Rich, is it fair to say he separated himself? He's the number one guy there in, in Baltimore? Yeah, it's it's pretty clear. The other guys are all kind of rotating. We've seen like they, they're trying to still get, you know, Bateman kind of ramped up. Uh, they're playing Nelson Aguilar and they're playing Odell. The other three guys are all like a consistent rotation. The only guy that stays on the field regularly per dropback is Zay Flowers. Yeah, and that kind yeah. of also, by the way, is how this week is, Rich, because I think this Detroit defense is pretty good. I know people don't really care. You're not always supposed to obsess over defense and try to be defensive agnostic when making lineups sometimes, but you know, uh, that's what's hitting Optimus right now on, on, a, on a Wednesday night is two Baltimore Ravens against a pretty good Lions defense, Flowers, and Andrews, your take as far as Baltimore. I think Lamar certainly is somebody that you work in your tournaments, but uh, like as John was saying, I don't know if you're necessarily spending up a quarterback this week. We'll see. Stay tuned. But he's certainly a guy that could break a slate and go, you know, run into, run for 100, and you know, also throw for a couple as well. Uh, your thoughts as far as the Ravens especially, offense, yeah. Rich? Especially this slate, <laughs> yeah, uh, for sure. He can get there. A thirty point, a thirty point QB game is definitely going to carry some weight, probably if you get it on this game. Because even like Josh Allen has the shoulder injury. How much pushback do the Patriots muster? Uh, you know, we'll see kind of what's there, and we'll talk about Chiefs, Chargers. But yeah, it's just trying to figure out what both these defenses kind of are. I mean, granted, you could look at anyone's schedule this year and say they haven't played anyone because <laughs> who's really good. Uh, but these two teams in particular, like there's still kind of some some lay of the land to figure out exactly where these defenses are. Both neither team has faced a really good quarterback schedule to this point. So maybe there's just an opportunity where both these offenses are going to be a, a little better than initially assumed because of the defensive metrics that both teams have accumulated versus the offense that they faced. I mean, the the Ravens themselves, I mean, they're coming off of just facing Ryan Tannehill and Malik Willis, Kenny Pickett, Dorian Thompson Robinson. They face Gardner Minshew. Uh, at home, they they opened with C.J. Stroud in his first career start, who's looked good since then. Uh, and then you, the Daigle pointed out that the Lions have really not played anyone since week one and week two. So there is a, a barometer here where like neither of these defenses uh, could be as strong as their actual peripheral metrics show in this game, and that could just be kind of uh, good for us. I mean, we saw like golf a little bit even last week. You know, road splits be damned. They couldn't run the football after David yeah. Montgomery got hurt. 
Uh, one thing I do think it is kind of true with the Ravens, because it goes back into last year too, is that they are good up front and they do stop the run well. Uh, so you figure without David Montgomery that we do have Jameer Gibbs in this game, that it would be more of a signal that the Lions are more pass heavy again. I mean, they were well above pass rate over expectation last week for the first time all season. Goff threw 44 times by far season high, they've done for 353 yards. So we know that under Ben Johnson, is this capable scheme that if we can get a bunch of dropbacks here, there's some opportunity uh, if you believe that, you know, there is an, uh, a path here where neither of these defenses are quite as good as they show on paper. Wednesday night, John, where are we at as far as we're assuming Gibbs is going to play Montgomery almost hmm. definitely is out. I know Reynolds also didn't practice. He had a couple body parts, but I assume he's going to be fine. We'll see. Stay tuned. Uh, Wednesday night, you know, practice reports. No, no, no it's, it's mostly about Friday, right? That's what we care about. That That's more of a, you know, it shows you what's going to happen more likely. On the weekend, uh, running back situation for Detroit, John, what do you got for me? And I guess it's kind of murky, but we're assuming Gibbs is back. We're assuming Gibbs is back, and I'm really waiting to see if he gets a full practice in on Friday. Limited participant on Wednesday is a good sign, though, after he didn't practice at all last week. And the good news is, if he is at full, something we'll have to monitor throughout the week. We've already seen this situation without David Montgomery one time this year. And in that game with Jameer Gibbs and Craig Reynolds, Jameer Gibbs handled 72% of the team's backfield touches, out-touched Craig Reynolds 18-4, to and he only had two targets but ran 20 routes to Reynolds 8. So we think Gibbs will be pretty much an every-down back. And as Reeves alluded to, Ben Johnson is not a stubborn OC. Like, he is willing to come off his offensive scheme if it fits whatever personnel's out there. And without David Montgomery, we saw last week, maybe it was the intention that have, knowing they couldn't run the ball against Tampa Bay's front seven, maybe that's why they shifted to having like the 10th highest pass play rate uh, in neutral game script last week. But if that's the case this week, it kind of fits what opponents have been doing against Baltimore. Because even Baltimore has faced the 7th highest pass play rate on the season. And so that's kind of what I'm looking at here. I think there is a chance we get volume through the air on both sides of the ball. And then, yeah, that would be great because we think Gibbs, if he's at full strength, does handle every touch. Uh, Rich, your thoughts as far as the receivers. How's our boy uh, Amonra, the, the sun god? How's he looking this week, AK and DK? And also I wanted to ask about the rap participation. Are we getting an increase for Jamison Williams? He's still really, really cheap. Uh, yeah, he's in the he Marvin Mims zone, man. He's uh, he's getting he's doing the Marvin Mims thing. Unless you like you said, we get Reynolds being out or something. But he ran nine pass routes last week. We got the touchdown, but very Marvin Mims uh, outcome for for Jamison. Is he also dying to break out, uh, just like uh, Marvin Mims is? I'm not sure if you saw that quote from <laughs> yes. Sean Payton, which is just is he, he's just trolling people, right? With that. yeah, he I, has to the, know what he's doing. I will say the 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 shot. We didn't need Sean Payton back. I don't think. I don't think we needed him. <laughs> Yeah, I gotta be uh, honest. I don't know. I think we could have done without it. The the recycle of of Sean Payton. I I don't like the recycling of like old. You know, <laughs> let's bring in some new blood. Bring in some young people. Um, nothing, no, and, yeah. and nothing he's brought to the table like has been particularly good for Denver either. It'd be yeah. one thing if you saw like Denver. Like if we could just really blame everything on the Denver defense right now, but we can't. Right? Like, like we can't. So Ru Russell Wilson is definitely coming off his worst game and a half of the season. But it's not fair because he's still going to get scapegoated at the end of it, not Sean Payton. Whenever I mean, they're playing, they're, they're playing. Uh, they have a three-man running back committee now. Little Jordan Humphrey and Brandon <laughs> Johnson are running more routes than Marvin Mims. I yeah. mean, it's it's a. Trap. He was cut from the team, right? Was he like off the team for a while, and he still came back and played more? He jumped ahead of Mims. 
It's Will just Jordan. a travesty, man. It's, it's crazy. Who, yeah. Who's hurting their legacy more right now, Russ or Peyton? Russ, for sure. I mean, Russ was Russ was tracking to be like a for sure Hall of Famer, and I don't like. Would you say anyone right now think he's like a lock? He was definitely tracking to probably be a Hall of Famer, though. He's still going to compile a bunch of more yards. He's but everyone is in this era. Everyone's who isn't going to compile yards. Yeah, and they still Matthew have Stafford's that. got a Matthew Stafford's probably going to have way better statistics than Russ. He's a Hall of Famer, right? Stafford, he's going to be in the Hall of Fame. Boy, I mean that's a whole <laughs> other conversation. Is it the NFL the easiest Hall of Fame to get? Is the NBA or NFL? Which is the one? That's they, you're a wide receiver. If you're a, you're a wide receiver, you can't get in at all. Yeah, fight tooth and nail. It's really strange. Yeah, it's what what they quantify what a Hall and, of Famer uh, may or may not be. But the Broncos still have that ten million dollar contract to Jared Stidham looming over Russell Wilson, which like tells you we're going to see him eventually too. Because the thing with Russ is I think you have public perception now, right? Which always hurts people. And I don't think anyone likes Russ anymore. Like he's not fun to root for, for a lot of people. Yeah. Too corny, I guess is the, the stigma with him kind of phony. I mean, dude, you can't, you cannot air those subway commercials. Like those, those subway commercials, like that, even, even if you paid the salary to make those commercials, like you just chalk it as a, a loss, you cannot air those. They they should have never I, come out. I I also think it's kind of not to compare like ourselves to Russell Wilson. I get it, but I think we're also in an era of authenticity. And given how fake a lot of people are on social media, like even Twitter now is diagnosed to only elevate an algorithm, not actual opinions. Uh, people can tell if you are being authentic or not at a higher rate. And it's very clear that Russ is a pretty fraud individual. Like I, maybe he does believe those things he says, but it's certainly not something a real human being would ever say. Like he's what? the first person AI replaces next year. <laughs> Why can't he just genuinely be that guy? Like that, he might be, I don't know. I don't, yeah, I don't I mean, know. With that. I just feel like the, the, those, man, those subway commercials, that was it. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> it's just <laughs> subway. Remember the subway commercials killed Robert Griffin too. So like that's what happened. Like what's like it just ha- you just don't you cannot make subway commercials. Anyone do not take that endorsement. Is that the new Madden curse now? The new, the new Madden curse now is the subway commercials. <laughs> All right. Who still goes to subway? By the way, it's a whole. When was the last time you've been to subway, John? Yeah, they've been outside since like July. Yeah, you, know? <laughs> man, you, you should see my nap schedule these past two weeks. Like, I can't even get into the sun, man. I'm trying to just survive right now. Um, I'm texting Rich about like just how broken I am midweek. Uh, I actually did though live at Subway in college. Um, I nearly I wanted to work at Subway just to get discounted sandwiches because I lived on their tuna. Tuna is one of my favorite foods, by the oh. way, Dean. But then. Come to find out, which you know we should have known, but come to find out, like the the tuna at Subway is one of the biggest scams in all of America. Like it's Mm -hmm. basically anything but tuna. But you know, tell eighteen year old me that at Texas A and M didn't care, considering I could go get a sandwich for three bucks. I worked at a Subway for half a day, and I was like, nah. (laughs) (laughs) What broke you? Why why did you Uh, let me chips? I tried like a lot of trial and error of working jobs when I was young, but I'll say like. Bless everyone that works in the food industry. Those are the hardest working people. Absolutely. The, the, oh, yeah. the hardest working people in America are people that work in the food in, food industry. Uh, tip all those people as much as you can every time. Like, just absolutely wasn't for me, man. Just I couldn't. Like, couldn't. I I am like too honest, so like I can't like make people sandwiches, man. Like I just can't. I could do it. <laughs> you were like, you a sandwich want artist. You, know, you want this? <laughs> this is not what you want. I mean, do you know I just made that tuna five minutes ago? You don't want that. <laughs> it, the tuna is fake. I know in Ireland, was it Ireland or somewhere over in Europe? There's about the bread not being qualified as real bread because there's too much sugar in it. 
Do you remember they had that thing that was made with like the same material that was in yoga mats? <laughs> I did not see that. No, yeah, I don't remember that. It was a real thing. Like they had to change their bread. Like I don't know That's how amazing. many years ago it was, but that was a real. I know thing. John Oliver did a bit on Subway. If you if you're curious to see that, you guys probably seen it. I don't know, but uh, he did like 20 minutes on Subway. It was pretty interesting. But this is the kind of things we're derailing the show. <laughs> this, this is called filibustering at week. It's seven. called uh, <laughs> week seven. Six teams on by Amon Ross St. Brown is amazing at football. All right, um, John, did you give your thoughts as far as the Lions? No, but again, pretty concentrated targets. Even in these, Amon Ross St. Brown, remember, got injured in week two, uh, missed a game with an injury as well, but he's played four healthy games this year. You know he earns targets, but in those four healthy games, at least in this era of the Lions offense, 32.5% of the team's targets. Like, he just earns all the targets. So you kind of know where to go if you think this game's total goes over. That's something, again, I'm waiting on because I would like to be excited to play this game. Yeah, I would like to be excited to play any of the games this week. This is certainly, uh, I guess, on, <laughs> on the Family Feud board, so like number four or something like that, I guess. Sure, why not, by default. Uh, Rich, you're making a lineup, uh, making one lineup. You're stacking this game up. You're starting with the, I mean, you got to start with Jackson over Golf, right? Like you have to, if you're shooting for upside, don't yeah, you have yeah. to do that? Yeah, yeah and I don't I mean, even think Goff is uh, super cheap, right? Because he's been pretty good. 6'4". He's 6'4". It's reasonable. You know, you could flirt with the bonus a little bit. Um, Yeah, I mean, I'm still playing Lamar uh, for sure. Uh, Yeah, he's a little bit – he's a lot more higher priced on FanDuel. Jesus, Jordan Love is 7'8 on FanDuel? We talk about, like, they – Jordan Love – mess around. Yeah, dude. Jordan Love is the QB – QB6 on FanDuel. Yeah, they are not playing around. Like, they are proactive this year. Lamar, by the way, hitting uh, FanDuel Optimals 30% because he's only 8K over there. He's got a pretty – his price is pretty much in check, relatively speaking, uh, to the field. Let's see. Where is he at? He is fourth most, right? He's just above Love and, you know, and Goff. So I would take uh, the upside of Lamar, spend a little bit more. But, yeah, you got to pinch your pennies on FanDuel. Uh, final word as far as this game, Rich, before we move on and talk about Arizona and Seattle. No, like Dave said, I'm, I'm waiting to see because Gibbs, I mean, as, as unsexy as he kind of has been, I still think – where he's priced on both sites and where the running back landscape is. So we don't, we talk a lot about plays on this show, right? Like we don't talk about lineup construction as much, but yeah. when, you, when you look at the running back position this week and I just go down the list of like guys that I think could like bury me at running back. And it's a very short list this week. So I think you can definitely, uh, you know, mix in Gibbs as like a core player this week if he's practicing in full. He has the receiving upside. Uh, the Ravens have been like kind of more vulnerable to receiving backs out of the backfield than they have against the run. So when when you're looking at kind of building out your lineups, my initial thought this this week from a top-down perspective is to not really pay for any of these running backs. I mean, we, Austin Eckler can beat me. Uh, you know, is, can Josh Jacobs beat me anymore? Like, I mean, I think Josh Jacobs is a pretty okay play this week, but like, it's not like he's super cheap. Like he's not priced where his production has been. I should say that. Uh, And then you've got Walker who, at least if he doesn't score a touchdown, maybe doesn't bury you. Right. Like if you run into the game. Yeah. Yeah. But he can. Yeah. But uh, he needs, but Walker is a guy that also needs probably two touchdowns to absolutely bury you. Um. So those are like really it though. Like those are the three guys. Like, am I worried about James Cook beating me at this point when he when Latavius Murray was kind of coming for him? Uh, Bijan Robinson is not being used in the red zone. Arthur Smith has openly come out about kind of like keeping his workload kind of where it is. He's only he's getting fewer than sixty percent of the backfield touches. 
Like the, he definitely has the talent to bury you, but like is the opportunity there? So I mean, I look at Isaiah Pacheco. I think is a really solid price point, but like is Isaiah Pacheco burying you? He's going to be really popular, and, and yeah, if he does really right. well, it, it's it's not going to go well for you. I think he's going to be very popular by the end of the week, uh, as it stands right now. Aaron Jones is like the one guy. I think he's practicing in full, like given his layout. Like, there's definitely like a path to where like he could get like 20, 20 to thirty points, but like it's not great. The running back landscape is not great, uh, and, and like you can just say, all right, well, screw it, I'll just pay for Eckler, right? Like that that that's either the move to do, or you just go and you pay like a couple of these mid guys that can catch the football. John, you got anything else as far as Detroit, Baltimore, or shall we move on? I think that's about it. We probably don't talk a lot, and we still do a little bit, sprinkle it in. But yeah, lineup construction is just kind of hard to figure out by Wednesday night. That's why this is a first-look show, Mm -hmm. where we're at with our lineups. And then sometimes we can get an early glance on it. But I think, because we all do different shows from Friday on, I think uh, in our own little separate lives, we start understanding a lot more by Friday afternoon. Yeah, I'm looking at the top of the receiver position, and I think I definitely want to try to get two of those guys in. Right. Still scared of those, yes. Cooper Cup can bury you for sure. Keenan Allen can bury you. Uh, Diggs. Diggs can definitely, definitely bury you. But all right, let's talk about uh, Arizona. Arizona and Seattle, we kind of teased Walker there. Seattle, home favorite there versus Arizona. 44.5 is the total. Rich, start wherever you want to start as far as Arizona and Seattle. If you want to pick up on Walker, by all means, go for it. Yeah, I mean, we can. I mean, if the Arizona defense literally has, like, over the course of the start of the season kind of revealed their cards that they, you know, definitely no pun intended there, that uh, they are kind of who we thought they were. I mean, 37% of all passing plays against Arizona have gone for a first down or touchdown. That's 31st in the NFL. 31% of all rushing plays against Arizona have gone for a first down or touchdown. That's the highest rate in the league. It's really kind of a pick-your-poison spot. The one thing I think is interesting from this game from a top-down perspective is something I kind of overlooked with the Rams last week is because the Rams didn't play in a lot of neutral or positive game strip coming into that game last week, and they just turtled in the second half of that game. They just ran the ball down the Cardinals' throats. And there's definitely a spot here where you look at it from Geno Smith, especially in this slate, it's like, man, I do want to play Geno. Uh, but then you kind of look at like what happened last week, and you're like, well – what has Seattle been doing anytime that they've had a lead all season? Uh, you know, out anytime they've led outside of the fourth quarter, they're 27th in the NFL and drop back rate. Like this is a team that still will line it up and hand, hand the ball off to Kenneth Walker a lot if they're up on the scoreboard. So it does kind of like pull a little bit of recoil here when you kind of look at what happened in that game. Maybe you don't go too crazy on like Seattle ownership, but it is kind of like if you have Seattle guys, it's kind of all hands on deck because this Arizona defense, they do not rush the passer. They do not play pass defense. They do not stop the run. They, there's nothing objectively they do well. They kind of just sit back and let you do whatever you want to them on offense. John, I think Rich pretty much summed it up. That's why <laughs> I wanted to, I wanted to talk about this game just because Cardinals players across the board, even if we don't think the passing game gets there because they're leaning on the running game, everyone's going to get played in this one. Like it, it is no secret now by this time of the week that even last week out of their buy, Jackson Smith and Jigba did get a post buy rookie bump because we talked about this on last week's show too. Uh, Seattle was 25th in 11 personnel, 23rd in pass play rate from three wide sets, 11 personnel. They come out of their by 10th and 11 personnel usage and 12th in pass play rate. And that was a one score game throughout. It was a one point game at the half. So that was practically neutral game strip throughout that one. 
Um, Cardinals also allowing a league high 10.7 yards per catch to opposing slot receivers. And that's where Smith and Jigba, the cheapest of their three wide receivers has been leading the team and routes run. So like, I think everyone's going to try to get here at, at some point. So it's just a matter of how you play the Seahawks against one of the league's softest defenses, not necessarily can they get there because I think there's a chance for everyone to get here. Even Tyler Lockett, like, is getting targets where we want them. Like Tyler Lockett leads the team in red zone targets. Also, he leads the entire league in eight zone, eight with eight end zone targets, and he's only turned one of them into one touchdown. So there's a lot of ways for everyone to get here. That's why it's exciting. Uh, Trey McBride, did he kind of break out a little bit last game? I feel like he got a little bit more run. I think he had the most targets he's had the entire season. He's 2 6 on DK. That's why I'm bringing him up. Does anybody got- have a take? Yeah. He got a bump, a season-high uh, 48% route rate. Zach Ertz ran just two fewer routes. Uh, so you would imagine like, if that trend follows the Michael Mayer trend, because that's kind of what happened for Mayer a couple weeks ago, was to barely outrun Austin Hooper and then take it over altogether, then it is a game where they feature or they use Trey McBride more. The issue is, though, man, like these are just prayer yards for Marquise Brown too. Like Josh Dobbs, the last two games has kind of just become a pumpkin again. And it sucks. Cause he was such a good story. Um, 56% completion rate in his last two games. He's completed just nine of 28 throws, 10 yards downfield these past two weeks too. It's been ugly. And so like we can chase the targets of the opportunity and at 2,600, who's to say, just throw McBride in your lineup as, as a run back, who cares? But are we going to get there eventually? I don't know. Kyler's coming, baby. He's coming. <laughs> I mean, is he though? Know, like they're gonna, they're working. They're one and five. They're working on one and six. Why? What, what, what why? is there? Why ben? bring him back? Why wouldn't you? Because I mean, you tell me the tank. reason why you wouldn't play him. Because what if you accidentally win a couple of games if you're Arizona? Well, he, I mean, he's still Ky- not, not going to be 100, percent right? So he's. I mean, but you still like you're not even tracking for the first pick. First of all, at this point, or and- the second. And, or the second pick, and you have a guy already under contract. Like, they're like you. You don't have to punt. Like that's the thing that the Cardinals are a position where they don't have to punt. Okay. Uh, well, they're one. In, wait, hold on. They're not tracking for the number one pick, or aren't they in the mix? Is there a team that has no wins? Oh, the Panthers, right? The Panthers are winless. That's... Is there somebody else I'm missing? Is there anybody else that's, that's winless? The Panthers are no Yeah. Like the ba- Bears have one and two right now, right? Yeah, Bears Bears are number one and number two pick. And Tyson, I don't know if you heard, Tyson Bajit is under center this week. So, you know, tracking for the number one and number two picks. Yes. Uh, You best believe a Tyson Bajit stack's getting played in that listening league. I I learned of Shepard University this week. I don't know if you guys have heard of Shepard University, but I did not know it it existed. And that's where he went. Um, I never even heard of that person. And I think he was undrafted, but. He was uh, yeah. he was good in the preseason. Like he was the QB four. He fought his way up to be the team's exclusive QB two. But also, like we saw Dorian Thompson Robinson look fun in the preseason. It's a totally different mm-hmm. animal when you're playing in the NFL. What do you think? I know you're talking about that. The you know, Rich, you mentioned Kyler. He's practicing now. They said the earliest he comes back is week eight. DFS. We care about this week and this week only. But when you like realistically think he comes back? If he comes yeah, back, I, I guess he's. Yeah, probably probably around there. Week eight was like everyone like the ten, it was a ten month tenth month mark of like his you know recovery. Um, obviously for him, it's going to be a situation where like we're not going to like really be excited to play him. He's probably not going to be mobile. He's not going to be running around coming back. But just like Daigle said, I mean, the past two weeks, no one's completed fewer tar fewer of their passes below expectation than Josh Dobbs. Like he's it's fun. It's like we want to root for Josh Dobbs in the start of the season. But like there's a reason Josh Dobbs has been on a hundred NFL teams to this point. 
and you know, and it's you know, Hollywood Brown's getting all these targets, like all these targets are coming away. But uh, yeah. the last two weeks, 29% of his targets have been inaccurate, inaccurate targets, the highest rate for any wide receiver. Like, I mean, he missed him on two long balls last week that like we got to hit, man. We got to have those, especially in the era where like, man, if you score a 60 yard touchdown, dude, like you're cooking. Uh, yeah. no, you're those, those and Justin Herbert's throws on Monday <laughs> night, man, just, just wide open sailing. Plus where, you look at this at? matchup. We're trying to figure out too at Seattle, their defense, you know, now that they got Tariq Woolen back and healthy, Devin Witherspoon looks legit. Like, so like they, now that they've got both of these guys on the field, they've been really good. Obviously, you know, when you face Daniel Jones, you know, two weeks ago, and then this version of the Bengals where we still don't really know what they are, uh, there's more to figure out along the way here. But the Seattle defense could be quietly something kind of the back half of the year. Rich, you got to pick a run back on the Arizona side. Who's your run back? I'd Hollywood by default. It's just – I mean, he's still really cheap. He got 11 targets last week. Like, you just throw him at the wall and you hope that mm-hmm. some magic happens, right? They didn't change his price. Yeah, we're not messing with this nonsense as far as running back. They're still all cheap, but I guess all three oh, are God, no, dude. They, they played Damian Williams. Like, they were – it's a mess. It's an absolute mess. Jonathan Gannon found himself quickly in the can't trust tree. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We got anything else as far as this game? Anything we want to – uh uh, you know, hammer home here, John, as far as Arizona and Seattle, or shall we move on? Just well, like the charge it, right? Like Walker's going to be the chalk piece, right? Of the, yeah. of the game. I think so. Given the running back landscape, I feel like people are going to get to Walker first. So large field, we do Geno stacks and just hope that they get some pushback or they just keep their foot on the gas. Yeah. Lock it in jsn man that's pretty fun this week jsn's also really cheap on fanduel uh it allows you to stuff in all these other expensive wide receivers are trying to play uh, jsn's three nine i believe on dk what is this fanduel yeah, price? Man. trying to find it here on the fly is it somewhere like five through like five i two, thought five, it was three? i thought it was four seven i could be wrong though maybe Ooh. it is in the five three double check that or if I'll it's four seven that. that's that's pretty juicy four nine i'm seeing four nine four nine that's it yeah okay I mean, on FanDuel, on FanDuel, that's like cheaper than Wandell, who can't get there anyways. Yeah, anything less than five on FanDuel that has got a shot is kind of gold. All right, the last game, the uh, biggest total as far as uh, this week, it's the Chargers at Kansas City. Chargers getting five and a half at KC, 47. 47 and a half points is the total here, John. Uh, I suspect this game is going to be pretty popular. Uh, I don't know if Hardman's going to be available for Kansas City. I don't think he's in the pool just yet. Maybe stay tuned. Uh, that may change because what the Jets were on by, right? Right. Yeah. So he's not even in. Yeah, he wasn't even in it. Yeah, they might add him in there. I'm not sure if it matters. I think, just sort I of, think yeah. DraftKings has a history of going back and adding. Uh, sure. FanDuel typically does not. I've not gotten the email just yet from DraftKings, but they might midweek. They'll they'll add a new player to the pool. And Set those notifications, game. baby, for McCall. <laughs> you don't want to miss out, man. It's the old remember me game for for sure. Uh, that is that an indictment on that's an indictment on everybody else for Kansas City. It's not that they love Miko Hardman, right? It's just the rest of the pieces are so so bad. Um, man, it's what a disaster case. They're like boring now. Also, they're like, what? Why are they not fun anymore? Well. Why are the Chiefs not fun, Rich? What is it no, about because they here? they botched kind of you know the the repooling of that that wide receiver group, man. It's no one's really standing out. 
uh, Rasheed Rice is kind of still like popping. Uh, he's in the like kind of still like the he's he's better than Mims in terms of opportunity. He's like, like rich man's like, Mims, yeah, yeah. But he hasn't quite gotten over the hurdle, and I just don't know <laughs> if they're ever going to play a guy that, with that rotation, you know. But uh, with Justin Watson getting hurt, it does open up a little bit of a path. With when Watson left the game, he ran a route on sixty percent of the dropbacks, fifty nine point three. Uh, so just under sixty percent. Like we can get Rasheed Rice at like a sixty percent route rate against this Charger secondary. At least we're working with something, right? Like. Uh, um, so that, that's at least playable. Uh, and then like, they still keep using like Kadarius Tony, obviously Kadarius Tony's not a DFS play, but like he has like a legit role in this team. That's very specific. Cause when he's on the field, he gets the ball, but he consistently has been like that red zone jet motion guy. And we'll see if McCole Hardman coming back, if like that impacts that. But since they have acquired Tony anytime, cause no one uses uh motion as much as the chiefs, except for the dolphins in the inside the 10 yard line. And it's always Tony like on that. So like, he gets kind of like those those cheapy touchdowns, like the one he had last Thursday. Um, but then, like, they're just using Marcus Valdez-Scantling as, like, a chess piece. Like, he exists to just clear stuff out for the rest of the guys. That's why he consistently doesn't lose playing time. Because structurally – What is his uh, target rate right now? 6.6 target rate for route runs. <laughs> by far the, the lowest of any player that's run that many routes. Because structurally – because the, the types of defenses the Chiefs see, right? Like they they went through that phase where they saw just like all that too high stuff, and they literally just got a guy. That's all why him and Justin Watson play so many snaps. They just run downfield. That's like their role in the offense to clear stuff out. Uh, so he's not coming off the field. He's good. So like if there was ever a week for him to kind of luck box into something, maybe this week because the Chargers, uh, you know, are their 29th in the NFL and you know receptions a lot on throws 20 yards or further to wide receivers. Maybe uh, the old exerciser catches one this week. Uh, John, your favorite dart here as far as the Chiefs, Chiefs receivers, Rice, Moore, Tony, MVS, they're all really cheap. Uh, Rice, 4-7, but the rest of them are in the threes. Uh, maybe overpriced, I guess, the way some of the output's been out there. But uh, who's your favorite amongst this, uh, I don't know, this receiving core here for the Chiefs? Rich already said it. It can only be Rice. Kadarius Tony yeah. even had that pick play touchdown on Thursday, and Rice scored more fantasy points because it's only little gadgety Mickey Mouse routes for Kadarius Tony. So you can't take him seriously. Uh, it's Rice or Travis Kelsey, honestly. Like we keep trying to predict and bury Travis Kelsey. Uh, and a lot of his rates are down significantly compared to last year. But this dude is once again averaging 3.3 more fantasy points than the next closest tight end. Like he's inevitable. And today he practiced in full for the first time since his knee injury. So it's like, why even keep denying it? You you know how this works. If you can fit it, maybe you can't since Michael Mayer to God is way down there in salary. <laughs> but if you could fit it, Travis Kelsey is just right here. How much are you prioritizing it? Like how many lineups would you have to make in order to make sure you get one Kelsey share? Oh, I think even in three max, I would try to get one, one out of three with Kelsey. But I like, yeah. I like playing this game a little differently because I think I like Kelsey and Chiefs defense correlation given how cheap the Chiefs defense are and how much I question, just me, the over in this game. Uh, because to jump on the other side, like, remember, these teams have played five times now with Justin Herbert under center, and none of those games were decided by more than six points. But what's happening with the Chiefs right now since week two, since they got Chris Jones back, was the same thing that happened as to why, like, the Chiefs getting points were one of my biggest bets in the Super Bowl last year. Also, when I was 
vomiting out of both ends, despite Dan Beck's kindness uh, at a hotel room in Nashville while y'all partied <laughs> together. Uh, it's the fact that like this defense with Chris Jones has been amazing. 13.4 points per game allowed since week two. Second best in both EPA per play and drop back success rate and limiting opposing quarterbacks and third highest rate of pressures that they've converted into sacks in that time. Also, it's only a two-game sample against the Raiders and Cowboys defense that has been quite injured, but the Chargers offense has also lacked some pop without Mike Williams, and I personally think it's because we've lost like their primary downfield threat. Uh, in this little two-game sample with Chargers, there are 28th in yards per play. Herbert is one of eight on throws 20 yards downfield, and he's completed just 57% of his passes the last two games. So... I am curious, like, if this game even has the push, if it's worthy of the over, honestly. I was told Quinton Johnson was uh, was going to get unleashed with the uh, you know the absence of Williams. Is that just not happening, Rich? No, it didn't have. He did not get the post by uh, rookie no. bump. Neither uh, did Charbonnet. He, he actually ran kind of. He ran fewer routes than he did the week before the bye. It looked like going into the bye that it was like all right. He kind of hit the bye on a positive note because he ran a route on seventy one percent of the dropbacks, then he came out of the bye. And only ran a route on 48% of the dropbacks. Didn't have a catch. So he also is, he's not even one of these guys like we've talked about with like Mims or Rishi Rice that's even like flashed on the small amount of people. Like, we're just hoping he's out there. Like, it's not like he's done anything with like the snaps he's gotten. And, you know, Josh Palmer just missed a pretty big game on Monday, you know, minus a few flags. Obviously, they cheated on those plays. Although I'm not sure a legal man downfield should be the penalty it is in the NFL, like to the extent it is. Uh, <laughs> that didn't impact that play. But uh, I didn't have any Josh Palmer. I'm not just, just talking about a legal man downfield. feels like it's it's quite crazy high in the NFL right now. We need to. I don't know if that was like a point of emphasis in the meetings or something, but I feel like they're calling this shit like twice a game uh, for no mm-hmm. reason. Um, but I digress. But yeah, Daigle said like these games, these teams have, have played really good football games. Uh, definitely want to get some Mahomes in this game. He's thrown multiple touchdowns every game since Brandon Staley uh, has been there with the Chargers. He's thrown three or more. Uh, in all but one of those games. So definitely some Mahomes, Kelsey, maybe some Mahomes, uh, Rasheed Rice, maybe I'll double it, you know, in some spots. But even Herbert, like in these matchups, even against Spags has gotten there. Herbert was a disaster last year for fantasy football, and he was still a top 10 quarterback both games against the Chiefs. Like something about these teams, like bring the best out of each other. And I hope that I don't eat those words because we're just starving for good football. But man, they've played Russo. They played some absolutely hot football games like the last couple of years. And I just hope we get it again. So I'm kind of rooting for it to happen. And, and, and Herbert, like his peripherals have been bad since lost Mike Williams, but like, dude, the opportunities were there Monday. Like, it's not like they didn't have guys open downfield. Like they was self-sabotage a little bit on his part. I mean, he Keenan Allen probably scores on the one for sure. He's got one guy to basically cut back in the middle of the field against if he catches that football. Um, I mean, there opportunities are there though for big plays. So I don't know, necessarily know like how much I want to stock like the loss of Mike Williams, not like completely just like shrinking this offense and, and phoning in because they had plays against that Cowboys defense last week, and we know the Chiefs are going to be aggressive, right? Like Spags is aggressive. He's been he's been aggressive in all these matchups against Justin Herbert. They play a lot of man coverage. They try to bring a lot of blitzes. So there will be opportunities to make plays. Are we going to go all first take and like rehash the Tua versus Herbert conversation? Are no, we going to do that? We don't need to do that. <laughs> we got to know, man. What side are you on this week? I mean, it's the same thing. We're doing the same thing with Stroud. Like, you can have like a great opinion on Stroud, and I had Stroud as my QB one, but like, you can also pump Stroud's bags without like tearing down Bryce Young. Like, that's allowed to happen. 
oh, you're not going to be a good guest for first take, sir. <laughs> I know. You don't know how that game is played. <laughs> but every Stroud takes was like a point and laugh situation at the Panthers. Like, sure, like they, I would have taken Stroud if I was them, but like, we we can't just like base like Stroud. Like Young, Young's played really well the past two weeks. Get in the context of like this situation, like there's still hope for him too. How do we feel about Chalky Pacheco? Uh, you know, this is where we're at. I think Pacheco is going to be fairly popular. Obviously, Wednesday night, who knows? We'll see how the chips fall. But he looks like he's well-positioned here. John, I know you mentioned uh, talking about Kelsey with the, the KC defense. You certainly can run Pacheco with the KC defense. You can play both. You can play Pacheco and Kelsey in KC defense. If you want to do that, sure, why not? Uh, where's your stance as far as presumably Chalky Pacheco? Getting the touches still. Uh, even these last three games, over 73% of the team's running back touches in each of them, not to mention coming off a career high, 78% of the Chiefs' backfield touches. But also, it's kind of like Rich alluded to. Like, yes, he had a season-high six targets this past week. But really, like, even the yardage, the pop, it's nothing that scares you. Like, unless he scores two touchdowns, Pacheco doesn't really bury you at his price. Uh, Fandle brought him up a little more this past week. He's been over 70 rushing yards in only one game so far this year. And when, when you watch him, too, he even looks like a guy who doesn't often run for 70 rushing yards. Uh, <laughs> so I don't, I, you know, Chalk Pacheco, We for all the reasons we discussed earlier, I definitely get to Gibbs in the same range well before him every time. By the way, John, uh, in the chat, uh, they want to know, and what's up, chat? Kindly hit that like button, subscribe, turn on those notifications, do all those things. We appreciate those that listen to us live on a Wednesday night. J3 says, can we ask the bottom host? That's you, John. Oh, yeah. What, what are you drinking out of that large green stripe can? What is the slate? Uh, what is it driving you to drink? What are you drinking? I, I usually try to hide it in a coffee cup or a mug, even <laughs> though everyone knows there is always alcohol in the coffee cup or mug, so I don't even know why I try anymore, like Rich right now. But a uh, shout out to a local small brewery and um, Chicago, uh, Hopewell, out in Logan Square. Very good hazy IPA. That's what I drink. I love there hazy IPAs. So if you ever want to get me a gift, we don't need money. We don't need Venmos. Just like say, hey, you can sleep on my couch and I'll buy you hazy IPAs. That's all I need in life. That's another thing we don't debate enough. Uh, IPAs. What's your stance on IPAs? I don't. People love that. I don't know why it's a big Twitter thing, but it just is drink everything. It's like it's like having a Bryce Young take. Just drink everything. Who cares? It's like it's all good. You, you're allowed to like what you like. That's my yeah. my motto. Yeah, <laughs> that seems pretty pretty straightforward. Imbibe, uh, man. We, we can all imbibe together. Uh, Rich, what do you got? Anything else as far as this game? We need to stress. Uh, you know, Eckler is certainly fine, right? He's going to cost you. Is that where you want to start? All the salaries this year are really expensive, right? Like you, you know, they all have to get there if you pay for them. You know, I mean, you got to get big games from all these guys. I mean, Mahomes at his price, Kelsey at his price, Eckler at his price, Keenan Allen at his price. If you're plugging those guys in, like they, they've got to be big. They've got you talking about big, big games from like these kind of salaries. Uh, definitely exists if you look at like kind of the history between these two teams. I mean, Keenan Allen going back into the last year, I mean, he's been a wide receiver, one score in seven of his past 11 games. He's led the position outright in scoring three, three of those times, which is a significant amount. You know, when you see like of a 11 week sample of wide receivers, the high scoring wide receiver three different times, uh, that's, that's significant. Um, and he probably could have got there on Monday too. If, you know, like I said, a couple of those balls would have been on. It wasn't target. his fault. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, uh, you know, I mean, maybe some of the ancillary guys, you look like, like I said, Josh Palmer, like just isn't going away. So his price is still palatable on both sites where you can kind of fit him in with the Rasheed Rice of the world. But if you're stacking this game, obviously it's hard to onslaught because the core pieces are so expensive and you need big games out of all these guys. 
Yeah. Uh, I was thinking about the tight ends for the, the Chargers side. You're, you're talking about Johnson's like not even really getting on the field. Are they, are they running? Is that 11, 11, uh, you know, two tight ends, two receivers? Uh, they, play, they, ever? really do. They, they cannibalize each other, though. Not one of them has had more than 47 yards in a game. The only good games any of them have had are attached to a touchdown. Like they're basically touchdown or bus guys at this point. Yeah. But that's, yeah, that's kind of what you're shooting for with a lot of these tight ends. Right. Yeah. Yeah. If you're either stacking this game, I think it makes sense to, if you're like, if you're playing a Herbert stack, that maybe you would do that. If you're doing a Palmer, uh, you know, Palmer, some Palmer, maybe tight end. But I mean, like, so you, Herbert's like the one guy that doesn't have to, doesn't have to go like super nuclear. The good thing is, is both these quarterbacks are running a lot more than they have. Uh, you know, Mahomes is tracking to like smash his career high in rushing yards at this point, um, which is really good because it buys you a little bit, like you said, Dean, like those touchdown equity. Because typically you look at Mahomes and you're like, well, he has to throw three touchdowns, but he doesn't necessarily have to because he's if he's going to run for 50 yards, you know, you got that. And we've seen Herbert, Herbert already has a game with multiple rushing touchdowns this year. So, I mean, they, both of these guys do add a little bit more at their legs than kind of uh, just kind of the, the typical, like, where they've been in, in the past with their career. Like, Herbert didn't run at all last year after he got hurt. Are they it's, designing more runs for Mahomes, or it's just sort of like he's scrambling more? What, what's a, Do we know what's a – if that's just like sort of improv no, yeah, stuff? You, or? you just can't sack him, man. Like, that's you... – Yeah. John, it's also saying? why uh, Lamar probably gets lost in this slate. And Mahomes and Herbert are both easier on FanDuel. On DraftKings, when you start having to fit that extra slot in and like go down all the way down to 3K at wide receiver, uh, which is also why I think just structurally people will get to Zach Evans too. Not that he does anything, but a 4K running back that may have a chance for touches, uh, they're going to get there. It's just tough. Like It's really tough on DraftKings to pay up for these guys. It didn't sound like, I don't know if you guys heard the, the presser from uh, McVeigh. It didn't sound like Evans was like, gonna play this week i don't i didn't i, I didn't get the did you guys yeah, hear this or no daryl henderson and mccall hardman like they kind of walk back into the same exact playbook nothing has changed since then uh pukunuku is playing this little robert woods role too and still earning targets like those are the only two guys that matter for the rams so of course these guys have outs like they just show up mccall hardman even last year was just a gadget player four of his five touchdowns came within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage like that's he just only got there because he scored 52% of his fantasy points on touchdowns. He doesn't break any big plays. Um, but they know the playbook, so they'll probably just walk right in. No, I mean, I think there's a clear sign with the guys they signed because the one thing that Zach Evans, who's a sixth round rookie, did not acknowledge all at TCU or Ole Miss was play in pass protection. And bad. I think that's the biggest, it's the biggest, largest signal of the guys they signed is. This is a this is a passing offense. Like they haven't run the ball really effectively outside of theirs the second half of that Arizona game at all. So like they know they're going to have to throw the football against Pittsburgh. You want Zach Evans, a, a six round rookie who's done no pass pro in, in his career, to block TJ Watt to like come in and help like chip on TJ Watt. Like that, I mean, to me, the biggest sign is like he's just not going to be involved in any type of passing situations. And this team is probably going to have to throw the football this week against that defense. So. That's, I mean, that's why I think it's hard to go down the Zach Evans rabbit hole in terms of trying to project how much he's going to play. It's the same thing kind of with like Di Mercado last week, right? Like, is he really going to get like those opportunities? I think it's hard to, hard to really have faith in it because he's never done it in college. And I think that's a big signal right away that they weren't expected to be this far down to him as kind of that front end guy. That's why Royce Freeman could play. It could be Daryl Henderson. It could be Miles Gaskin because in those passing situations, I don't think Zach Evans is going to be out there. I mean, go a step beyond that. And the last two weeks with Cooper Cup, the Rams have targeted their running backs at the lowest rate in the league. 
Like, no one's getting targets because it's only Puka and Cup. Because why else would you target anyone else when you have Puka and Cup? Hey, John, you uh, didn't sound like you loved this Kansas City Charger game. If I was hearing you right, it sounded like you kind of like the under. What uh, what game is the highest total uh, scoring game on the main slate, if not Kansas City and the Chargers? It's this one, I believe, still, right? Despite the fact that the total's coming down. No, no, I'm saying which is when the results are played, not the actual like Vegas number. Oh, or, or, or you think this is the oh, game? Oh, I, I don't know because I'm kind of worried about the Packers Broncos game too. Um, I mean, you look at it right now. Kyron Williams is third in the NFL in running backs in pass block snaps, and he was you very Zach, he was a very good pass blocker in college too. Do we think Zach Evans is doing that? That's the quote that stood out the most. Not to avert from your question, Dean, but um, yeah, when McVay was talking about Daryl Henderson, he says he said like. He's familiar with the playbook and he gets his nose dirty in pass pro. And it's like, oh, well, that's why you brought him in. Cause like this dude's going to be in there on pass snaps to literally, like Rich said, basically try to take on TJ Watt. Um, we'll talk about Stafford and then we get there because I think there are reasons to be high on the Rams offense, but also like Stafford, Cup, those are pivots off of Zach Evans. Then you don't have to play the running backs. Uh, Henderson, not in the player pool on DK, unless yeah. I'm missing something. But it and- wasn't in the NFL. <laughs> who was the kind guy of, kind of a problem who was the guy was the defensive maybe an offensive lineman uh when monday night football did the introduction it says off the couch who was that yeah, guy? justin Pugh, yeah there you go there you go shout i mean out, dude I mean, that's the other thing too is like the, the state of these offensive lines across the league man just a nightmare and we could see it on sunday night again too you know if lane johnson doesn't play and the eagles are out their entire right side of the line the second half of that jets game uh jalen hurts was having a really tough time of pressure in that game. So, I mean, the, the offensive lines, the state of offensive lines in the NFL is probably at one of the all-time lows, man. And quarterbacks. You're saying the one good game might not be fun now? Is that what you're no, saying? No, it's definitely going to be fun. The Dolphins are playing, Dean. I'm not, I refuse to, to believe that that game's going to bust. I'm just saying, like, the second half of that game when Lane Johnson was out, like, because their right guard's already been missing Cam Jurgen. So, like, I mean, it was tough. Like, uh, when Lane Johnson left that game, Fields was pressured on 50% of his dropbacks. Uh, from that point on and his yards per attempt plummeted granted it's the jets not the dolphins too so you know grain of salt with that but yeah i mean if they're out that whole right side we lane johnson's a trooper though man if i think if that dude can can stand he's gonna try to play we're uh we're doing fun power rankings is there any acceptable answer beyond miami it's miami and that's it right anybody else no anybody dude, miami's played two good offenses and they've gotten absolutely rolled both of those times they've given yes. up they gave up 38 points to the Chargers and 48 points to the to the Bills. Like they have fun games. <laughs> sure. But power rankings wise, like we we've seen them. Like they haven't punched up against anybody yet. Like we can't uh, we can't like them. I'm not saying who's who's good. Oh, you're about fun? The fun, fun rankings? Oh, fun. Do- dolphins are by oh, far. Jesus Christ, dude, they're in another they're in another stratosphere. Yeah, it's a universe. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. like Rich says, we're universes removed. Yeah. Dolphins are fun, yeah. and then the uni- the next universe over has another team, like the 49ers. Who's 32nd? New England? Yeah. Who's the least? Giants. The Giants. Giants. The Giants haven't scored a touchdown in 35 straight drives. <laughs> that is, even, that though, is uh, even though we're playing Darius Slayton this week. We'll get there. Uh, so yeah, Johnny and chat saying Miami's not the best team. That's not what I'm saying. That's not what we're oh, yeah, we, No, yeah, that's how I, I'm sorry. You said power rankings and my initial yeah. brain yeah. Like, thing was just like, oh, I, power rankings, whatever. I do, I do have my uh, biggest bet of the season on the Eagles, but I also got Eagles minus one. It's already up to two, two and a half. So 
That's pretty. That's pretty I solid. need that game to be good, though, Dean. I'm I'm definitely not trying. I need like, <laughs> dude, just please. That game you can't fail, man. Well, if, if it's not good, at least a trick or treat is going to save your week for sure. The movie we well, I, both, both those defenses are pretty banged up too. I mean, the Eagles have just been like, dude, every week like they lose a guy at this point. Uh, they've they, they've already played fifteen dif- different defensive backs this year, uh, which is pretty wild. Xavier Howard left the game last week, so if Xavier Howard's not out, you know, against kind of you know the grown man Arthur Juan has been balling like that, that game. It's got to get there. It's got to get there. When is Ramsey coming back? Do we know? Is there an ETA for that? All I've heard is he's ahead, but yeah, that's what they said ahead of schedule. But like, it's still a torn ACL, like this offseason, not even last year. So who knows? All right, let's run it back. Let's give our favorite players position by position amongst the games we've not yet talked about. Before we do that, we do want to shout out our sponsor. Our sponsor is not Subway, actually, it's Ticketmaster. Uh, more memories are made when you're there for live NFL action. And when you need tickets, Ticketmaster, they got you covered. The official marketplace of the NFL, Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat. Their interactive seat map gives you 360-degree previews of your section to make sure you have the best view of those pivotal plays. And if your plans happen to change, Ticketmaster, they give you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. You can even customize. Your Ticketmaster app with uh, you can rep your favorite team's colors. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com slash NFL. I also mentioned earlier, like uh, if you guys jump in the listener league again, you get yourself one month free of RG premium. If you happen to take that down, you can use that one month free of RG premium to not just use it for football, but for basketball. It is basketball season. I want to say unofficially uh, seven, eight days away. I think next Thursday night is tip off. It's kind of a, an appetizer slate. Typically it's a Thursday night, just a few games or so. And then they really get going on Friday night, but the NBA, NBA DFS is back. And with it, the amazing suite of premium offerings are here at Roto-Grinders for a limited time. You can lock in a full season of NBA premium at a $50 discount, everything from lineup HQ access up to the minute premium projections and ownership fantasy pick them tool for prize picks underdog. If you like to play on those sites, we have that as well. Check out the link in the description for more information, uh, as well as the uh, the listener league. The listener league will, uh, link will be down there as well. All right, let's talk about our favorite quarterbacks we've not yet talked about just yet. As far as those three main games, John, who is left? Who are we excited about at the quarterback position? I'll give you the the Daigle Desmond Ritter plays of the week. If you want to spin down at quarterback and cross your fingers, I don't know. If, I think we're gonna get him. I think the reason why Brian Hoyer came into the game and placed a Garoppolo. <laughs> was just because, like we saw in Aiden O'Connell's first start, they didn't want to throw Aiden O'Connell like to the Wolves, not being prepared. Uh, so Hoyer comes in and relieves him. But I think we're, we may get Aiden O'Connell again. And it's a completely different situation than Khalil Mack eating him for lunch with six sacks against the Chargers in his first start. Uh, even against that Chargers team, too, he went 5 of 10 on throws 10 yards downfield. But the Bears are 21st in pressure rate, 23rd in explosive pass play rate, and Kirk Cousins this past week is the only quarterback who hasn't reached 18 fantasy points against the Bears all year long. It's such a better spot, and he's just down there as the cheapest quarterback. He's cheaper than Sam Howell, Tyron Taylor. He's cheaper than Tyson Bajant. Like, Aiden O'Connell's kind of <laughs> hanging around down there, so, like, why the hell wouldn't I give him a shot at that price? And then it is scary, of course, what Rich said about the Giants being so bad. I'm very aware. But Tyra Taylor 
is playing this commander's defense. I'm not saying I get there, but man, they have been so terrible. Since week two, they've allowed a top 12 finish to every quarterback they've faced. Also, the fourth most yards per attempt and the eighth highest rate of 15-yard passes. And Taylor recorded five carries on Sunday night against Buffalo. So he has a higher floor than perceived, too. So those are some little cheapy options. I'm trying to, I still, again, it's only Wednesday. I still don't know if it's more optimal to pay down at quarterback and get everything else or pay up. Uh, trying to figure it out. I'm going to see where the field goes on Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert. But right now, I think those are two valid cheap options in tournaments. Yeah, and we're not even sure, like you said, at a Wednesday night, who's even quarterbacking. We're not. It could be Daniel Correct. Jones. It could be. I just Tyrod. talked about a guy who may be on the bench. Yeah, of course. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, but either way, theoretically, there is an opportunity. What do you offer me, Rich, as far as uh, some potential quarterbacks? We talked about most of the guys. I think Stafford's in play still too. I just think they're going to have to yeah. throw a lot more this week, given the running back situation and. When the Steelers haven't gotten pressure on the opposing quarterback, they are 29th in yards for pass attempt. Uh, they're 27th in rating allowed, about seven passing touchdowns. Uh, really wonky splits. Safford has the same splits. Like basically, when he's kept clean, he's he's been incredible. And when he you, when you get pressure on him, he's kind of folded. Uh, and then only on DraftKings, I think you can play Jordan Love. Fanduel, I don't think you can play him. I mean, Jesus, he's priced there. Like I don't think you can play him. Uh, 5-8, though, on DraftKings, he's definitely still on board. Because Love's biggest issue is if you just t- breathe on him, like, it's just a disaster. <laughs> uh, like, he, he, the dude is so skittish. Uh, he's 13 of 38 when pressured on the season. 22.3 rating, 3.8 yards for passing him. When he's kept clean, he's at least, like, around base, base averages, 62.1% completion rate. 94.1 rating. Denver's 30th in pressure rate. It's the only way that, like, say you can kind of, like, boost him up. But yeah, but Vandal wasn't having it. Vandal ain't letting you slide him through. But that's really it. But I'm, I think I'm gonna more focus on you know Lamar, um, and then from like a cash perspective, probably just play one of the Kansas City Charger guys from a cash plane, or Gino. John, you mentioned O'Connell. Um, who do you pair him with? Are you are, do you feel okay about Adams? Like he's been bad. Is it the rib? Like well, what's going on with him? Is we think he's is it the shoulder? Right. He's dealing with a shoulder. I don't know if that's a correlation or a, causation thing. Yeah. He had an ankle injury a couple weeks ago, too. And like he's still out there. He's like Chris Olave. They're still out there running every single route, but it's just clear that they're pretty banged up. Even Adams a couple weeks ago in this post-game presser said he's been playing through the injury. Um, and it kind of you can see it in their targets and their target share, who they're targeting instead. So honestly, in terms of like pricing, again, you just go to Aiden O'Connell and Michael Mayer and then call it a day. Yeah. And spend up fun, everywhere actually. else. Yeah, uh, you, you get to spend up, you have a salary to delegate elsewhere. But yeah, Adam's at A2, and of course in tournaments and yada, yada, you know, the matchup's fine, and certainly he could feel great, and he could put up 150, wouldn't shock any of us. But it seems like he's legit hurting, uh, and there's no there's no discount as far as the price. He's still 8-2 on Plus, DK. Like, even on this slate with no Dolphins, there are still these expensive guys we want to get up to at wide receiver. I can't imagine going in without Cooper Cup this week, uh, not to mention a couple others we'll talk about. Yeah, we'll talk about Cup in a second. He's going to be so heavily owned, like for sure, and rightfully so. They did raise his price, but still still not enough, I'm sure. But running backs, running backs we've not yet discussed. Uh, Rich, you introduced some running backs who uh, you kind of breezed through them with some of the guys earlier that, May or may not break your dreams, but uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's a really rough, 
uh, you know, kind of running backs, like yeah. what, what to do with it. Do you pay for Eckler? Uh, like I said, I'm waiting to see like kind of Gibbs practices in full. I'm waiting to see Aaron Jones' status. Uh, obviously, he'd be in kind of like a pretty good spot. You know, we talked about Pacheco probably being a really popular, uh, you know, play across all all avenues. I don't I mean, Josh Jacobs is kind of in that Joe Mixon zone. Like, do you ever feel good kind of clicking it? Uh, I will say when when O'Connell started his first game uh, three weeks ago, he targeted Jacobs a season high 11 times. So and the okay. Bears have actually the Bears have quietly been good against the run. They only they're only allowing three and a half yards per carry to running backs. Mm-hmm. Uh, sixth in the league, but they're allowing 16.1 receiving points per game to opposing running backs. So maybe there's some correlation there. If O'Connell starts, you get a little bit the, the, the dump off city, but like, man, Jacobs is giving you no explosives. He's really just out there getting, the, like I said, the mix in treatment where like no one else is just touching the football in the backfield. So he pops in optimals and like, you keep trying to talk yourself into it, but like, really, what are you getting out of it? Uh, I keep wondering if like, yeah, like, like he, he shows up on for me on the slate, but I'm just like, is it a, just another mixing situation, right? Like, do I even want to keep playing this guy? Early ownership is really, really flat, by the way, or at least I shouldn't say ownership, but like the optimals I ran. Uh, do you want an ugly name, John? Uh, that's 31%, hitting 31% of my TK optimals to start the, on a Wednesday night. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson, who's just been wow. massively disappointing. <laughs> that's oh, what everybody's going to say, right? But he is pretty cheap. Uh, if you want to say something positive, he's 5'6 now. On DK six six on Fanduel, but yeah, it's it's a hard sell for sure. Um, yeah, I guess that's a quick no. Uh, what about you? As far as running backs, how about the Bears? Right, what's the situation there like? Because uh, I think a lot of people want to play Roshan Johnson, but he's still in the concussion protocol. We'll see if he's not back. I guess back to Foreman. Um, they're going to have to run the ball with Badgett, I would assume, but the Raiders probably know that too. 10 guys in the box. I don't know. No, baby. Shepard's finest is going to wing that thing. <laughs> well, what, what is, what is the shepherd nickname? Does anybody know top of the head? What do they call That's a great question. The shepherd. What? That's a great question. Uh, I'll talk about Roshan while you look that up, Rich, if you can work. I'm not going to look it up, but uh, Dean, not, yeah. you, Dean, you look it up. I'll talk you about can tell me anything and I'll believe it. Okay. Cause uh, <laughs> I, I do think I like Roshan a little bit more. He's not going to play. Then a lot. Of, you don't think he, you think he's gonna stay in concussion protocol? Yeah, I I heard on the sidelines last week like he like he's not even I don't know and he oh. did, he's still he's still inside. I wouldn't even like I would just wait and see if he plays before you even cool. go down the rabbit hole. Right, well, never mind. Screw it. At week seven, <laughs> nothing matters. Yeah, just wait and see, man. I would wait and see. Uh, Deontay Foreman, like ten of his fifteen carries came whenever Tyson Bajant came in the game because they were really just trying to hide <laughs> Bajit. And if you yeah. watch Bajit's interception, you see why. So, uh, yeah, you can't get to Bajit. Even in the first half, uh, Darrington Evans out-touched Deontay Foreman 7-6. to six. So it's just a situation to avoid altogether. Everyone loses their ceiling if Bajit's under center. Um, yeah, that's that, I mean, that's about it, man. Uh, I got right, nothing. So- I got nothing at running back. You gave me enough time to get a quick Google in. Um, okay, so wait. We need the Chuba Hubbard like play that like gets clarity like over the course of the week. Maybe yeah, it's, uh, I mean Royce Freeman is forty one hundred on FanDuel. It's like just maybe it me, ends up like give maybe me five touches. Give me five Roshan's touches. Roshan's our only hope, right? Like yeah, because Roshan's Roshan's also the pivot off of Zach Evans. That's why it makes sense. Are we doing anything with Jerome Ford? Yeah. Uh, if Kareem hunts out, absolutely. Is there a decent chance of that happening? I don't know. It's only Wednesday. We, we had a DNP today. We don't know. 
Okay. Because um, they, they split touches. Kareem Hunt uh, or Ford out-touched him 19 to 15, ran just 14 routes to 13 routes, and that was out of the bye. Kareem Hunt out-touched Ford 3 to 1 on the opening drive. It was a clear timeshare. Um, Jerome Ford, we talked about this in the past. He's a wide receiver in college. We think he's an every down back, but like we need now Hunt out of the way since otherwise it's a split. And I think a lot of people are, are I mean, Amari Cooper, Dean, is popping in optimals too, right? Uh, let's see. I'm, I'm still looking at Shepherd University. So number one is uh, Zay Flowers, then Cooper Cup, then Josh Palmer, then Marquise Brown, Christian Watson, who I think a lot of people are going to like this week. Cooper yeah. is not. No, he's not very popular. Uh, okay. at least I'm on DK for what it's worth, but okay. Um, yeah, he, he always is kind of a he's always in kind of like a nebulous price zone. Yeah. Talk about him. Kind of a no man's land. All right, I guess should I I segue to Amari Cooper then, or do you want to talk about another running back? I'm just naming her. I was just naming running backs. (laughs) But guys that are actually running backs, that's all I know. By the way, it's the Rams. Uh, Shepard Rams, apparently. Uh, That's way Uh, less lame. I'm kind of disappointed, actually. Yeah, I thought it would be like like the banana slugs or something like that. But unfortunately, (laughs) that's not the route they went. Shout out to like, is that like UCSB or something like that? I'm not sure. It's one of the California schools out there, the banana slugs. Okay. Uh, receivers. Uh, let's segue to it. You want to talk about Cooper a little bit more there, uh, John, or you want to talk yeah. about, uh, okay, go ahead. Sell me on Cooper. And uh, in my Wednesday tournament optimals, which don't matter because it's Wednesday, but Amari Cooper is popping. And uh, we kind of have a double-edged sword here because for his career, his splits against man coverage compared to zone have been pretty drastic. But honestly, when you see a 24% target share from P.J. Walker uh, now faces a defense that has allowed at least one and on two occasions, two different receivers to score at least 13 PPR points, uh, you just play the guy. And so I think it's a great spot for Amari Cooper this week. Uh, Christian Watson, you talked about, but just to add more context, the Broncos, you could do whatever you want against them, but they're also allowing a 76 completion rate 76% 76% completion rate on throws 10 yards downfield. For reference, the next closest team is the Bills at 65%. And it's Watson now, who we haven't even seen at full strength, but through two games, he's earned seven of his 11 targets 10 yards downfield. Like, it's kind of the perfect mismatch. So, I love playing Watson. Uh, Cooper Cup, I think it's as simple as saying 35% and 43% of the team's <laughs> targets in his last two games. Also, the Steelers are allowing the seventh highest rate of 15-yard passes. It's like Rich hinted at, as long as Stafford stays upright. Even last week, Stafford's number should have been a lot better, but he had those two drop touchdowns, one by Puka and then one by Tyler Higby. And then I hinted at Darius Slayton. You don't have to play Tyrod, but I think Darius Slayton's a good play. Uh, Giants shook up their 11 personnel entirely on Sunday night, It was, but it was still Slayton leading with 87% of routes run of their dropbacks. And then it went to Jalen Hyatt and then Wondell Robinson. They basically got rid of Isaiah Hodgins, who only ran 11 routes. Sterling Shepard was active, but ran zero routes. And last week, 60% of Slayton's targets came 20 yards downfield from Tyrod Taylor. And the commanders are literally dead last with 11.7 yards per catch allowed to opposing receivers from the boundary. So we ask who's going to continue this trend like Drake London, 
of being a receiver to reach over 100 yards in every game since week two against the Commanders. Uh, my guess would be Darius Slayton, and probably a lot more people are going to play Wondell Robinson for his dinky little three-and-a-half-yard depth-to-target floor. So uh, I like Darius Slayton quite a bit. I was going to ask you just that because Wondell is a 3'8", Slayton's 3'7", and you, you like you prefer Slayton. Is he your favorite receiver under 4K? I'm not sure if you've gotten that far as far as... Compared to ownership, it. yes, so far. I also like JSN, but people love playing rookies. I mean, that's you just can't get away from rookies ever. So uh, those are my two favorite cheap plays. And you mentioned the Watson thing. It feels like this is the week where he kind of has to do This is the week where he's finally going to get there. Um, you know, uh, it feels like it lines up perfectly at a pretty good price yeah, as well. I don't know who survives the, uh, as Rich said, the Jordan Love roller coaster. I don't know who's yeah. going to stand. I don't know who stands the test of time ultimately because he, he does look like, he's, he doesn't have the ceiling of Josh Allen, of course, but he looks like rookie year Josh Allen, which you have to watch it because you just don't know what the hell he's going to do ever. Um, but Christian Watson is the one standing out the most for sure because he's the only one that can like really get downfield there. Rich, what do you want to add to the conversation? And just a quick thought, uh, Deontay Johnson, we're expecting him back. Is he going to be full go? Do we assume he's full go? Because 5K seems a little bit cheap. Yeah, both both if... sites, he's pretty cheap. He's 5K, 6K. Uh, which yeah, at that's least interesting. That, which at yeah. least at that price, you, you can entertain it, right? Uh, before he was injured, he was targeted on 26% of his routes, was over two yards per out run. He was like a real popular kind of like redraft pick for a lot of people, like a regression candidate guy. So, you know, maybe that helps. Maybe just having all the guys back will help Kenny Pickett, another guy that we're just like, we don't really have a lot of faith in. But, like, to, yeah. to kind of give them the benefit of the doubt, they haven't had a healthy offense all year. It'll be like the, this is, like, the first time since week one they're going to have all their guys out there. So maybe – I mean, I'm not, definitely not getting to Kenny Pickett. But I, I, Deontay's price is definitely – for 5K on DraftKings, like, sure. I'm like, you know, pushback there. Uh, uh, who else did we have? Drake London's still pretty cheap. I mean, the the, the Falcons are low-key really bad. Uh, only the Jets and the Giants have led for fewer rate of snaps than the Falcons. And even though they still are below pass rate expectation, 8% that is, they're now 15th in dropbacks per game because they're bad. They're, they're a bad real football team. So, like, they have to throw the football. And we're starting to see some of the talent that they actually have accrued get targets because there's one thing and we used to always highlight like look at drake london's target share look at kyle pitts's air yard share but they were throwing they were running 20 pass routes a game yeah now they're they're getting they're they're having 39 dropbacks per game and now we're starting to see like they actually have some talented players like we knew that they these guys were talented they're actually having to throw the football a little bit so like london's price is still really cheap uh, especially on DraftKings. i like him uh one thing about this slate that's pretty interesting i don't know if it'll go overlooked because we didn't talk about it but like just we have a slate. The Bills are here still. Like, Stephon <laughs> Diggs has absolutely roasted, you know, Bill Belichick in his career. Like, you know, the narrative, Belichick takes away the team's number one uh, opposing yeah. wide receiver. That that has not been the case. And in, in these matchups, you know, the Patriots have been – they played a lot of aggressive uh, defense. They played a lot of man coverage. They played a lot of single high looks. They've lost basically every cornerback that they've had this year. That's why they added J.C. Jackson. Diggs is on a, a, a four-game run of 100 yards. He's got six catches uh, in every game this year. Uh, th- I mean, he's he they, like just Josh Allen's dig stacks might get us there this week, right? Like, then maybe go overlooked. Uh, we chasing a we chasing Kendrick Bourne as a run back in that game. I mean, I guess if you have to, you, you, <laughs> you need Juju. He's the only guy. He's the two highest scoring games that the receivers have had all year. So if you're gonna pick a guy, 
Yeah, you need Juju and Demario Douglas to be out. That's kind of what happened. Is that the targets don't go anywhere else? I will say though, the Bills because of all the injuries they've had defensively now, like they, it hasn't caught up to them because like the the opponents like that they face since then. But like they just keep losing. They're another team that just loses a defensive starter every week now. Uh, so and we saw yeah. with like Jordavius White out last year, they were vulnerable to wide receivers, and we have seen the two games since. Jacksonville wide receivers had they combined for. Uh, a good game against them. And then last week in context of like what the giants receivers have done all year, that was like an explosion uh, on Sunday night against the um, against them. So there's opportunity. I still think for maybe us to be a little bit slow to saying like, Oh yeah, the bills are going to give up some more production now just because of the, the talent they've lost defensively from each level. Da- losing Daquan Jones, the defensive lines, big deal. Losing Matt Milano at linebacker is a huge deal. And losing Travis white in the secondary is a massive deal. So there could be more pushback opportunity for the Bills, you know, as we move forward and get on it a, a little bit early. So I think he's in play. There's a lot of guys. I mean, I think Terry McLaurin is fine if, if you want to get involved in that game with Daigle. You know, you just bring it back on, on each side. Uh, Terry McLaurin is number one in target rate against the Blitz. You know, we always talk about just looking at guys that are getting targets uh, against the Giants because they blitz so heavy. And then if you can stomach it, uh sean payton is trying to highlight jerry judy so they could trade him uh he's been awful but the packers are getting crushed by slot wide receivers so if there was if you can just stomach it in your jordan love bring backs maybe it's the jerry judy kind of get traded week yeah but like you said not the trades never happen in the nfl no, like not you, nothing, cool traded. nothing cool yeah. happened McCall that's Hardman not even that cool that's like, the coolest <laughs> McCall Hardman. Cool. those are the dudes they get traded mccall yeah. hardman but like Jerry Judy getting traded is not even that cool. It's it's noteworthy, I suppose. But like, yeah, that's not even happening. And they got to open yeah, up like, some stuff for if if Jerry board. Judy like the favorites the Colts. Like, what do you do if Jerry Judy goes to the Colts? You don't even remember where you were that day. Who cares? Then <laughs> uh, then theoretically it's mid season, but it's probably not. It's probably not mid season because never mid season unfortunately. On. Yeah, uh, you know, fool me once, never gonna fool me again. I don't have that phrase go. Uh, but your phrase, but yeah, uh, hey, you know, John, you know, we haven't talked about and like we don't do a lot of slate dynamic stuff, but I was curious to get your thought on this because you always kind of like point this stuff out. It's a 10 game slate, we've already talked about how bad it is. Uh, but like at four o'clock and one o'clock, have you seen the six one o'clock games, John? You know, I haven't <laughs> I actually even thought about late swap, that's something that I do sometimes forget about by a Wednesday. Look at the first six games, uh, you know, and, and just run yeah, them off. Spread, they spread the games out this week again, like this is what we've been asking for. Yes, yes, but all like the best games amongst the games we have basically are all it's backloaded. It's kind of the point I'm making. I thought John yeah. might have a thought of that, but uh, the first six games, like red zone's going to be ugly for the first three hours. I think we'll see, but um, you'll see. Yeah, well, yes, I, yes, you're going to be watching the Bears. We're going to be watching all the puns. We're going to see all the puns. <laughs> puns matter for sure. Yeah, because um, uh, to your point, Dean, if you if you pay up at quarterback, if you pay up for Josh Allen stacks or Lamar stacks, you're going to know what you can play by the afternoon because the chalk's coming in the afternoon. That's yeah. what makes the slate fun. See, this is the kind of thing I unlocked by Friday. This is good. All right. What's not good is tight ends. Uh, tight ends we've no. not yet talked about just yet, John. What do you have for the people? Michael Mayer. <laughs> I think we've said his name <laughs> six times on this show already. Uh, it's, it is it's Halloween pretty, month. It, yes, that's true. Don't remind me because we're going to have to watch Trick or Treat in the next segment. But <laughs> 
his routes increased 67% of routes run. Again, it's a totally different environment for Aiden O'Connell. And this is assuming Aiden O'Connell starts. Either way, though, Michael Mayer's target share bumped up to a 19%, led the team receiving yards as well. Uh, pretty simple as we target everyone against the Bears, but tight ends especially. So it's a good spot. If you don't want to play Christian Watson, you can probably get to Luke Musgrave, who's still a reasonable salary. As you said, he's popping as an optimal play. Uh, even last game before the bye, remembered, he got benched for a couple series because he got a penalty called on him, and Matt LaFleur got pissed off. So his route rate went a little bit down. But before that, outside of concussion, he was on in and on a route on over 80% of dropbacks. Um, Broncos also allowing the third most fantasy points to opposing tight ends. So it's just a situation we want to target altogether. And we talked about Kelsey and Andrews. Other than that, Rich, please take it away. Go for Dude, it, I, I, listen, I play the optimal. I let Dean tell me <laughs> who to play. I lock in. Listen, the thing is, it's money. The AI is working. Uh, Kyle Pitts last week, uh, Dalton Schultz uh, two weeks ago. Dalton Schultz is like, since since the since the AI pointed out Dalton Schultz, he's been unstoppable. He's <laughs> been absolutely targets. unstoppable. Yeah. And since it, Kyle Pitts, unstoppable. So, Dean, who am I playing this week at tight end? The top five tight ends as of right now on a Wednesday night in the optimizer, 52% Mark Andrews, 35% Musgrave. Right, good. Well, I want to play Mark Andrews. 18% Mayer, 16% Kelsey, 10% Laporta. So how, can you, you filter go. it? How many Andrews teams also had Zach Evans, though? I need to know if that salary is going to prevent me because <laughs> I ain't playing Zach can, Evans. Uh, yeah, just can you uh, X out Zach Evans <laughs> and then run the optimal and see if Andrews still shits out? The very first one does not have Zach Evans, but it does have Luke Musgrave in the flex. So I don't oh, know what you want to do with that. All right, well, uh, let's cancel that too. Look, it looks like we got to play uh, Jalen Hyatt or uh, one of those Giants Jamokes <laughs> on that team. The next one has Dawson Knox and Mark Andrews, so it's not getting okay, a lot better. We got to work on this. And Ramondre Stevenson. So yeah, and that's Cooper Cup too, of course, because like every optimizer, every, almost every lineup probably early is going to have Cup and. I wonder if getting Cup and Diggs, how hard that is. Um, you know, we'll see. Obviously, we don't know all the pieces just yet. Uh, but I think Diggs could be an interesting pivot away. That's what I Cup. that's what I would like to do. I think those I, I think I prioritize them over Austin Eckler, but we need a little more value to open up outside of Zach Evans at running back. By the way, in chat, uh, per Mars saying Judy to the Detroit or Carolina would be interesting. Carolina would not like what's the point of that? Isn't Carolina like over this season? Why are they trading for a mid receiver? Yeah, uh, they would Judy... have to they would have to be because whoever trades for Judy in that situation, if it's not a rental, has to sign him to a new contract. And is that like really the direction Carolina wants to go? Are they like is their first move with this rookie quarterback contract like maxing out Jerry Judy? Yeah. And is Steve Smith right, Rich? Judy's just kind of a no, I don't know. I mean you're not hitting the dirt guy? I <laughs> I thought it was I, I thought it was uh he, he got he got like applauded. I thought it was pretty shitty of him though. I, I, yeah, I, saw, I thought so too, man. I that's saw that reaction idea. and I was like, that's the man that needs therapy. Like that was literally he was, too aggressive. It, was it was like a couple weeks ago when uh what's his name made the run at Zach Wilson too, Rodney Harrison. And like yeah, it, it was very similar to that. Well, he was saying um, it to his teammate too. He was saying or his no the opponent. He was saying that guy just played. Tell us, tell us he's terrible. We know he's terrible. That's right. Terrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, but uh, I saw what was, his, yeah. was his point right though. What maybe wasn't delivered as as 
politely as, as well yeah i mean he he hasn't lived up his pension but i mean they're like they're all like that situation's a quagmire man like who's yeah. thriving there yeah yeah um all right like you should that- you should do your job but you know as there's a way as to do a, it without a take it right especially as a former player like that's kind of an unwritten rule it's like a I know you're a big fan of wrestling, Dean. So as you know, uh, in wrestling, it's kind of like a unwritten rule that you never talk as a wrestler. You never analyze poorly other wrestlers. Like you just respect the sport and understand the situation. That's kind of like when you play football and you get hired, even though most of the time you're not even good at that job. And I can say that, uh, like if you get hired, it's the unwritten rule to not then like literally bash that individual because you probably went through that. Like Steve Smith, as great as he was, went through all these different situations with Carolina for his career, despite being like an MVP candidate with Jake DeHome. Um, and then you just like analyze it correctly. And to me, that was just the most immature thing I've seen all year. The only thing I would counter is like your general, like, you know, out, straight out of the factory, you know, analyst. It's so boring. And I, I don't, I don't watch the Terry Bradshaw or the Jimmy Johnson or whatever, Tony Dungy. Like those guys are, they're so interesting. And they never say anything interesting. And at least what he said was interesting. And maybe he was right. He had a good point. Maybe he didn't deliver it in the nicest possible way. But I, I don't know. I just thought it was more interesting than most of the I, other talking. Heads. I lean towards chemistry, like uh, like the TNT pregame, postgame show. Um, sure. That's why I that's why I also think it doesn't teach me anything. But I'm not listening to pregame and postgame shows to learn anything. Mm-hmm. That's not the point. Like even so, that the Fox Terry Bradshaw thing, like. I think it's funny. I think it's fun. So I'll just put it on the background. <laughs> I, I am doing my own research. I'm not trying to learn anything from those guys. Yeah. By the way, speaking, it's so random. You mentioned wrestling. And we're going to talk about movies in a second. For no particular reason, last night, as I went to sleep, I watched a movie called Money Plane. Are you aware of Money Plane? You have to be. It's I'm not, This is not an endorsement before I get into it. It's not an endorsement. But Money Plane stars uh, Adam Copeland, better known as Edge. Of course. Yeah. Not, not just Edge, but it stars Kelsey Grammer, because, of course, why wouldn't Kelsey Grammer be a part of Money okay. Plane? And not one, not two, but three Lawrence brothers. Joey Lawrence, you might remember him from such things as Blossom. Uh, Matthew Lawrence, you might remember him from such things as Boy Meets World. The other Lawrence, I don't know where you remember him from. Never heard of the guy, but he's directing it. So there's three Lawrence brothers. There's Denise Richards. Uh, there's somebody else kind of like goofy. He's like, where'd this person come from? Uh, again, oh, uh, Thomas Jane for no particular reason. Again, not an endorsement, sure. not a good movie, but there you go. Money <laughs> which, tell, which tells us you stopped down to watch it. <laughs> well, you, you ever just watch something like I want to see how terrible this is? I want because like a lot yeah. of people went into the decision to say, yeah, let's watch, let's watch, uh, let, let's make this. Let's here's millions of dollars. Go make Money Plane. <laughs> Call Kelsey Grammer. This is what I love about you, Dean. Man, like you won't watch Jurassic Park, but like, <laughs> but. <laughs> But money plane because of the the millions of dollars they put into money plane, not the uh, you know hundreds of million dollars they put in to create those dinosaurs. <laughs> Are you not sold on money plane? Are you not interested? I believe it was. On I remember it coming out. I did not watch it, but I do remember when it came out. <laughs> All right. Um, hey, that that's uh, that's it for NFL analysis. I believe sure. we're done. Yes, uh, we're gonna stick around, do a little movie talk. Feel free to hang with us and talk about some movies, but. Do not like sit around and wait. What? When are you guys going to talk about the Colts? Like that's it. We're done, right? No more football takes, Rich. Oh, I, the- I definitely don't have takes on the Colts either, I, for sure. Dude, I mean, Gardner Minshew was shaving points in the first half. Like we're not going there. <laughs> uh.
And that running back, I just picked a random team, but that running back situation still kind of. I will say this: the Colts one. are the Colts are like one of the few fun, like in this construct of six weeks of 2023 football where everything goes under. The Colts are one of like the few overs teams we got because their defense sucks, their quarterback turns the ball over, and they play mm-hmm. fast. Like they even transitioning to Gardner Minshew, they still are one of the faster teams in terms of tempo. So they are kind of like the one of the few cocktails now. With P- will PJ Walker and Gardner Minshew combine to get us there? But probably not. But the Colts are like a team weekly. We do look for some of these games to kind of be a little bit have more points than maybe expected. And we're assuming Watson's not going to be back again, despite well, that whole thing seems to be a mess. Oh, and there's going to be a story coming back at some uh, at, at some point, I think. But who knows? Supposedly he was cleared by doctors weeks ago. But all right. Uh, by the way, that is. That is uh that's the game by the way, Rich. You mentioned uh, the blitz, uh, Derek Hardy, the blitz game level factors. Indy Cleveland is projected for the most game plays. Yeah, I look right at the Colts that. every. I always look at the Colts every week for like game stacks. Uh, I just don't know if this week it's, this week it's not particularly great, but like Dangle said, maybe we need to get Amari Cooper in. Uh, we we try to find something, but that Browns defense, man, it's it's hard. It's hard to really kind of. They're good. Yeah. They won a game against San Fran. I know San Fran players were kind of falling left and right, but shout out to Cleveland. They needed a missed, couple of missed field goals, I think. But I'm going to bring on did, producers. The, the Brack Purdy discourse just can like never like chill for like uh, a week. It was know? a, it was a, re- I'm not saying like the Browns defense didn't play good, but the ball was clearly slipping out of his hand most of the time in the rain, too. Not only that, but the perfect storm to lose like your three best players in game. Like it was just, and, and yet, he still drove the field against all those odds to win the game. And their kicker they drafted in the third round just happened to miss the field goal. Otherwise, we're probably having a different conversation. Man, I, I was on Ayuk as a tournament play last week, and he, he, he should have had 150 yards in that game. Yeah, Purdy did miss him. But again, it was the perfect storm. He, he had one, happened. too, where he put down where it could have been like a 60-yard yeah. touchdown. He actually got behind Ward. Oh, that long uh, third down. Yeah. yeah and he, he had a shot. I mean, it's, it was a tough play. I don't know if he got credited a drop or not. He probably didn't. Uh because I don't think Puka got credit for a drop either, but like those are plays like you count on those guys to make more than they don't. They Jordan don't. Addison had that same like Puka yeah. play, not in the end zone, but he had like a 25 yarder. He just dropped. Yeah, it yeah, 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 yeah. Down the sideline. Yeah. Um, they, they don't go as drops, but like that level of talent, like they're going to make those plays more than they did it. And it felt Absolutely. like there's a lot of those last week where like those plays weren't made. That's where we're at, Dean, is that we're talking about those misplays in 2023 as opposed to like the good plays <laughs> wide receivers have made. Analytics have to say that, like, you're not supposed to draft the kicker in the third round, right? I'm assuming – I mean, I, I haven't dug into it, but does that sound like a reasonable thought or no? Especially like, – yeah, yeah you're, you're definitely not supposed to. Uh, it's very clear not to, especially when, like, you need offensive line help. Although, to his credit, Kyle Shannon has been quite incredible at finding, like, undrafted free agents or the next guy up and just playing his scheme of hiding offensive linemen to this point. But, yeah, you're definitely not supposed to do that. It's like a waste of a pick. What Janikowski was like a first rounder for the Raiders, mm-hmm. right? Didn't know David. Yeah, he was 17th overall. Jesus. <laughs> That's just crazy. Um, and then but who was the guy? Was it from Florida a couple years ago? They was like he was in the league for like a year or two. Evan oh. yeah, Aguayo. Are you talking about oh, Aguayo? Right, yeah. yeah. Yeah, was it was, was Florida it Tampa? State. Florida State. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, I knew there was a Florida tie in somewhere. Yeah, yeah. He went to Tampa uh, Bay. Oh, that's that's just wild how fast that uh, typically it doesn't happen, but yeah. Uh you know, there's a, there's a kicker for UCF. His name is Boomer, and he's really, really good. He's got a booming leg, and I don't know if he's going to get drafted or not. This I know nothing about college football, but I know Boomer is a really good kicker. So uh, circle him for your drafts in a couple of years. As even like, um, 
Evan McPherson was like, I think he was like the number one rated kicker coming out of the class, but even he was taken to the fifth rounder and the fifth round. And he's been fine. He's been great for the Bengals. There's been a few guys, and you typically we've seen too a lot of those guys. Like you go back to some of the earlier picks. I think, man, New, I think Nugent was like a second rounder, and like they struggle to start their careers and then they end up being good. That happened to Daniel Carlson because the Vikings took Daniel Carlson pretty high, and like he was really bad his first first year, and they cut him, and he's been like great since then. I yeah. I can just compare it to closers. We're like you gotta get a feel, and you could probably yeah. find someone to ride. Well, you kick from all like the dumbass hash marks in college. Like they're still like, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, like it doesn't make any sense. But the hash if marks you... and taking a kneel and getting it counted as a carry still uh, two of the worst college rules probably ever. One more random question: If you knew like what Justin Tucker's career was going to be, is he worth like the number one overall pick? Like, is does he make it that much of a difference? No. no, the number one overall pick. No, if you, if you pick him number one overall, you get the best kicker in the league for the next fifteen years, whatever it is. You can also the best kicker in the league the doesn't make a difference. Okay, I, he's, I don't going, know. I don't, he's going to the Hall of Fame. Yeah, compared to like yeah. replacement level, you just you just like keep on, you know, because that that's like comparing it to Adam Vinatieri. You just kind of find your guy. And there was that weird year where like was there was a kicker who was the MVP of the NFL season. I don't know. I can't remember what happened there or why he was the NFL uh, the NFL MVP. Yeah, Mark Mosley. I think it was him and uh, Lawrence Taylor shared MVP, right? It was Mark Mosley. Why? Like what was the backstory in that? I and, and, and I think someone's gone back. Like I think he actually wasn't even like when they in retrospect, like in terms of like analytics, like he wasn't even that good of a kicker that year. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing. Honestly, as far as I'm concerned. As far as I'm concerned, like let a kicker win it this year too. They probably deserve more than these quarterbacks. <laughs> or a punter. A punter's being used pretty heavily sure. this year as well. Jake right, Elliott, give it to somebody. Who cares? Let's knock out our movie. Uh, I won last week as far as the <laughs> listener league. So uh, I assigned the caliber. Again, not the most uh, uplifting of movies. I, I should just say. I guess it like, makes sense that it's caliber now that I've watched the movie that it would be caliber. Yes, it took me. I, I had the research, and I finally found somebody saying it. I'm like, yeah, that makes a ton of sense. That's caliber. I thought it was calibre or caliber, uh, but yeah, it's caliber. Uh, I would just say like go in as cold as possible. I don't know if you care about spoilers. Probably just stop listening. Thanks for listening. We do appreciate it. But uh, yeah, your thoughts, uh, John. I'll throw it to you first. Uh, caliber. What do you got for me? Now let's let's actually go to Rich first because uh, we we started texting each other. I was actually about to text him. And then he texted me when I looked down at my phone. I was like, oh, we're on the same page here. Like, uh, you reached out first. So go ahead, Rich. <laughs> uh, yeah, this one wasn't for me uh, at, <laughs> at all. Just very – I like the the scenery. I like that, you know, seeing some of the Scotland scenery. That was cool. The cinematography was good. Uh, other than that, just very slow, predictable, very boring. Uh, it, you know, I thought it, it was well-made. That was really it. I thought the two leads were kind of underwhelming in terms of like kind of the heaviness stuff that they had uh, to deal with. But other than that, like it was, I mean, it it was just very predictable. Like Dean, we talk about all the time. The first thing that checks me out of a movie is when I see some non-criminals try to do some criminal shit. Uh, and immediately you knew exactly what was going to happen with that story. The second that, you know, spoilers, I guess are going to occur here. When the when he when his when his buddy shot the dad or the kid, it was like I knew exactly what was going to play out the whole thing. And then they tried to throw you with like a random curveball to end the movie, but just was so nonsensical. By the time they do the stuff with the with the with the daughter and the dad, that I was just like, they're just it was so forced uh, that it didn't even really make any sense. So uh, this one for me on the grave scale is an Irv Smith 
Uh, <laughs> you you want to believe it's good, but it's just not. Uh, 6.8 on IMDb, uh, 95% amongst the critics on Rotten Tomatoes, 79% for the audience. I can see this being like a big critic movie, like where critics would like this. Um, yeah, only 21, by the way, for what it's worth. It's a small sample, so just one critic did not like it. The audience over a thousand have it at 79%. Uh, John, I guess you, uh, you're on the side of, uh, Rich, you were not a fan of Caliber. It wasn't bad i think it was better than american animals uh but it did have that cliche leftover ending where it wanted to be deeper than i thought it was i it felt like that kind of ending where you're staring at the camera and you're kind of left with an open-ended decision which I, I really just think boils down to his mental health but maybe that's just my personal view of it uh i thought that was a little bit forced it just kind of came out of nowhere honestly so yeah it wasn't for me Personally. Yeah, they weren't dealing with any of those themes like really the whole movie. Yeah, and they just tried to make it. You know, it got a little pretentious at the end. Well, I think it was just showing that like he's obviously changed, and uh, without saying like, well, whatever. I don't for giving any spoilers away at this point. But like his life yeah, is never going to be the same. As, and, as like, Rob would want, if Rob was here, times. yeah. As, if Rob was here, we should preface it with saying, uh, "Hey, spoilers coming up." So go ahead, Dean. <laughs> well, yeah, like after he uh, had to, you know. He killed a child accidentally. There was another death, and there was another death, and his best friend is no longer there. Uh, you know, as basically a way to kind of uh, the town is happy as happy as they possibly could be, I suppose. And but he got to live his life in the end, but like it wasn't the same life he was used to. And obviously, him having a kid and taking a kid away uh, was one of the themes as well. And uh, it was even months later, obviously. It was like six months later. He still had his baby. His wife was pregnant at the time when the incident happened. So he was still living with it. And he's going to live with that the rest of his life. And, you know, it's uh, it's not an upper. It's, it's not a feel-good movie. As uh, Michael oh. in chat says, it was heavy. It's definitely yeah, yeah. a heavy movie. Um, and maybe ne next time, I say next time, when I if I win again, I will go with something more fun, something lighter. But yeah, maybe that is on me. Maybe I'm saying something about myself by now. I was, something. you know, like I said, I, I, I was, I'm starting to question if, like, there's like I need to reach out and just check in you like weekly. Just, you know, <laughs> Dean, how you doing, man? That's everything your way. As, as I, as I told Rich, like at this point, I just want Sideways or John Wick for every movie in my life. Just make it one of those or close to one of those, and I'll be happy. Is John Wick still mad about the dog? Is that still what we're talking about in the fourth one? I mean, obviously, you know, it's terrible what happened to his dog, but is that still the, like, the, 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 is that what triggers the story? Have you not seen it? Have you not seen the fourth? I saw the one with Boban. I think that's the third one. I saw yeah. the first one. Yeah. I don't think I saw the second one. I have not seen the fourth oh, one. Oh, buddy, you need to watch the fourth one. Yeah? We introduce a fun new character, too. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. John Wick's amazing. And there's something else in that John Wick world that's on Peacock now. I guess if you're into that, you're aware of it. <laughs> I've watched the Continental it. or something. Is that what it's called? Yeah. It's about uh the origin of the uh hotel keeper's uh life, like how he came to own that particular continental. I will watch the new John Wick. I believe that's coming out to it'll be coming out soon. Good. It's like three hours long, isn't it? It is long. It's fun. Yeah, if ever John Wick has a revenge game, like no nobody's more vengeful than John Wick. I, I actually because again, these, those the are the whole kind of two, is a, a series of revenge games. Those are the kind of two movies I target. Uh, so I went back this past week because I, I leave things on in the background, and someone, a listener of the show, actually suggested I watch all three Equalizers with Denzel. 
And yeah, so I yeah. went back and uh, I just left. I had never seen them. So I went back and watched all three equalizers. Like, oh, yeah, they're in your lane. Like, yeah, he found my flavor. <laughs> this is awesome. I watched a man on fire recently with Denzel. That was I, spectacular. I rewatched uh, it again too the other night. Yeah. It still holds up. It's great. Yeah. I feel like uh equalizers in that realm. I've not yet watched the, I, so like two is available to stream and one isn't. So I don't want to just jump in the two much. Like I was afraid apprehensive to jump in like the Friday the 13th. <laughs> no, you're yeah. good. You're good. I don't, I don't know the equalizer backstory. But you um, don't even you could jump into number three. I think number three is the best one, honestly. And you could jump right in. You don't need a backstory. You kind of you kind of figure it out that Denzel is just a badass. That's all the movie is. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm definitely into I'm, I'm definitely going to check those out once they become available. And I I just I had stream everything. And like, if I don't want to spend the five bucks, if they, if they get a point, like five more bucks, like, it, you know, it's it adds up. And, the NFL's uh, already they, trying to uh, get a monopoly on us. They're, they're trying to uh, some games that are going to be on Peacock. Uh, they've got coming up, and it's like so now you don't. Not only do you have to have your Red Zone Dean or YouTube TV, they want you to get Amazon Prime. They want you to get Peacock. They want you to have the ESPN app. It's just man, it's it's everywhere. But but we are Friday. We are building out one of these windows for Killers of the Flower Moon. We are very excited. In the oh day yeah. Week. I mean, Scorsese and DiCaprio, I'm in. I'm in. Like, that's every time. And De Niro, like, it's odd. Dean, will you go to the movies? Do you go to the movie theater? I have not in a while, but I think I will for this. I think it's worth putting pants on for. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) You got DiCaprio and you got Scorsese. And uh, you said De Niro's in it as well? Okay. And also, what's his name? Uh, The dude from Friday Night Lights and uh, 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 what's it called? Not just Friday Night Lights, but also from uh, Breaking Bad. Uh, not Matt Damon, but like, oh, you got Jesse Clements. There you go. Yeah. Uh, I believe I saw him in the trailer as well. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely excited to see who that. is great in literally everything. Yeah, Cast he, him in whatever role we you talked want. about Black we'll Mirror episodes, Dean. You would like his Black Mirror episode. I'll watch that. Yeah. I, I, he's, he's a really, really good actor. I enjoy most of the stuff he has done. Um, all right. Is there anything else we should uh, talk? Oh, we should mention next week. If you guys want to listen along or watch along with us, we kind of teased it a couple of times. Producer Rob did win last week, so he's going to recommend Trick R Treat. Trick R Treat, not to be confused with. And um, Rob is still like figuring out our flavor. Like he's not trying to, he gave us a good, what was considered a good horror movie. And I think we kind of came back and kiboshed it. So it he's trying terrible. to like, he's trying to let us have a good time. I like so that just- dynamic of it though. We were joking about like, you know, I was joked about like never even really trying to win the contest. Cause you guys like Dean's just going to give me something I haven't watched. So it's like, like <laughs> even if I don't like it, but you, you see like everyone's taste, man, the like, everyone's taste kind of show. So it's, it's oh, man, and, I think it's fun, man. And we need a grade, uh, caliber. I did. I, I mean, gave it an herb Smith. Oh, <laughs> <okay>. <laughs> uh, I what didn't give skill? it uh 4.9 for me. That's out of 10. Out of 10. 4.9. Like style. I gave American Animals 6.9. So compare that if you will. For me, it's a solid B. Uh, maybe a B plus. I really like it. Okay. Um, Did suggest the, it. Yeah. Uh, but the I, I guess a, a B-ish. Yeah. At least a, a mid B. A mid B. Is that, that's just a B, right? Yeah. Because a B minus would be a low B. Uh, I do see the Anna Paquin and Brian Cox. Brian Cox, of course, from uh, fame, uh, McDonald's voiceover fame in his commercials, but I guess you know him best probably. Oh, yeah. 25th Hour is an incredible Brian. I think it's Brian Cox's net movie, right? I think he's in that movie. 
But, uh, you know, him, of course, is Logan Roy. Logan yeah, Roy. I'm going to say, I, I don't think he's known for the McDonald's commercials. <laughs> <laughs> Logan Roy's never had a, like, a big He's had a defining his role he's... for his entire career just recently. But you he says that he, voice. He says now, like, when he meets people, like, peace, people, like, basically, like, tell, like, like, will you tell me to fuck off? Like, that's, like, the thing <laughs> yes. now. Like, when he meets people, like, will you tell me? <laughs> we we did get in the same calendar Not year, it. somehow in this amazing world, we got fuck off and yes, chef, uh, in the same yes. 365 oh. days. Yes. My God, what an incredible show. Um, hey, uh, tell the people where you, they can find you on the old Twitter machine. We'll step aside. We'll get out of here and make way. Uh, Rich, you go first. Yeah, sharpfootballanalysis.com. I write up every game, every player, and every game in detail uh, with fun nuggets. Uh, go check that stuff out uh, over there. Have you guys seen 25th Hour? Is that a movie you, you guys yeah. have not seen? Oh, you've seen it. Uh, okay. I've, never, I've never seen 25th Hour. I think we talked about it when we were talking about Philip Seymour Hoffman uh, a yes. few weeks ago. Whenever whatever week we talked about Philip Seymour Hoffman, I think it came up. All right. Uh, so you sign off on that one, though. You, you do like 25th Hour, Rich? I do like 25th Hour. I like a lot that Brian Cox has a pretty great catalog uh, as well. I believe he's an adaptation, and adaptation's a good movie. Do you like adaptation, Dean? Nick Cage, right? It's, yeah, I feel like that one might be one that you don't like. I liked it. I, I like. Okay. I know it was a critic, Starling, and who was the, there was a famous director that was involved in it, too. I can't recall who it was. It's not coming for some reason, but yeah, he played two different roles, like uh, brothers and like a struggling writer. It was, mm-hmm. it was Chris. Uh, I can't remember the last guy, the guy's last name, but yeah, it was, it's a good movie. Out of attention. It's not something I've seen in a long time, but I definitely liked it. John, tell me. Yeah, 25th hour came out at a time where like Barry Pepper looked like he was going to be a thing. And like, he just cooled off after that. Yes. Because he was in the, uh, the war movie that the, the Steven Spielberg war movie, he was the, Oh gosh, he was in the tower. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. And that was a spectacular cast. And I don't know what happened to Barry Pepper, but he was, he was kind of like the the number one pick for the for the box, the kicker. Is <laughs> they're hanging out somewhere together? It looked like uh, yeah, it looked like Barry Pepper was about to pop. Uh, he was in Maris, right? Like the the sixty one movie, and then just like yes. kinda, like uh, he's in Green Mile too, uh, and then just kind of yeah. disappeared. Just disappeared. What happened to Barry Pepper? It's a good question. Oh man, this is a great question. I hope he's doing well. I hope you're out there making some art, Barry Pepper. I feel the same uh john what do you got is tell the people where they can find you the socials all all the deals you can find me watching trick or treat before next wednesday (laughs) you can find me in the logan square theater watching killers of the flower moon on friday evening and for four.com major discount going on this week if you would like to check it out also free ama week so even our dfs discord this upcoming week uh, check it out in my socials at nowjagdiggle.com. I'll push it out there, but it's completely free if you're in Discord. So feel free to join. Do appreciate everybody listening. Take down some money this week as far as week seven. That was week seven of the NFL Pick Six show on behalf of producer Steve, producer Rob. You got John and Rich. I was Dean. Thanks for listening. Wins up this week. We're out of here. Oh. <laughs>